On this episode of Sega Talk, we cover Sonic 3 and Knuckles, a Sonic game so epic it was split into two. We discuss the creation of Knuckles, I force Barry into ranking his favorite stages, and what is lock-on technology? All this and more on Sega Talk. Segabits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Look, it's a giant talking egg. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the master here. Welcome to the Sega Talk podcast. I'm your host, George 3. Wait, George the Hedgehog 3. With me is Ed Barry. Today we will be talking about the huge, groundbreaking title for the Sonic franchise, Sonic 3, but also its expansion pack, which I guess is safe, like now we could call it a sequel or whatever. I like how my, my, I just muted my, uh, I was like moving my hands and I muted my mic, so now the intro (laughs) is all screwed, but uh. So these two t- titles, they intertwine, so we might as well cover them together. It makes sense. These are two. It's like Avengers, you know, how they split into two movies. This is basically <laughs> before movies started doing this, which is funny because, like, Sopranos, the last season was into two parts. Ozarts on the Netflix is doing that now. It's like normal. Sonic started it. Everyone started copying it. So... <laughs> It is so, and and it's funny because like the movie is also kind of doing this with Sonic Two, and then the bit the like it's getting its own TV show, which is kind of like an expansion pack in a way. Um, so previously yeah. we covered Sonic the Hedgehog on number Sega Talk number fourteen, and then we did Sonic the Hedgehog number two as our number fiftieth episode. And then so it's a pretty big deal that we're finally finishing up the trilogy of games. But this is a Patreon pick by Daniel Andres. He sent us an audio vi- uh, of him covering his memories. Usually we, we put the guy that paid for the episode in the front, their memories, before everyone else's. But he sent me a really long file, so I decided I'll edit it and put it in the end of the episode when, I have, like when I'm editing the whole episode down. So skip to the end if you want to hear his memories. But we'll start with your memories what do you remember about Sonic 3 and Knuckles and your overall thoughts about the meat and potatoes of this release, which was a huge release for Sega? Hey, it's weird we're covering it because, I mean, Sonic 3, the movie doesn't come out yet and the Knuckles streaming series isn't out, so I have no memories, really, of oh. Sonic 3 or <laughs> Knuckles. Oh, we're doing the games. Yes. Isn't um, that weird when you, like, Google Sonic <laughs> the Hedgehog 2, the, the movie always comes up? It pisses me off. I knew it was going to happen, and I knew it would piss me off because I was like, now I, I search Sonic 2, like, cover, I have to, like, get more specific. Like, Sonic 2, video game, Knuckles picture, you know, something like that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, in this case, uh, my history with Sonic 3 and Knuckles, um, as I've covered in previous episodes many times, uh, Sonic 1 I received around Thanksgiving or Christmas time, 1991. Sonic 2 was a game that I actually believe I bought used. Um, 
I'm not exactly sure why I got it used, but it, it must have been close after release, and I was just like, hey, save 10 bucks or whatever, you know, it's like new. Um, so really, Sonic 3 was probably the first Sonic game I got new, uh, you know, like right out the gate, not being bundled, not being a used copy. And I, I, I have a very vague memory of like... It, and we'll get into this, but was Sonic and Knuckles known of when Sonic 3 came out? Well, internally it was, and there was like rumors floating around because they did like uh, those stage select screens sometimes, you know, when they do like previews, mm. and people found out that there was a lot of missing levels, so they assumed... Okay. And we'll get more into it later, but there was but an, that's, but there, the, that was a rumor, right. that's it. Yeah, but that's the thing, is that now we look back on this stuff and we have all the rumors and we have all the internal stuff and all the code and all that. But, like, honestly, at the time, as a kid, it was just like, oh, it's the third Sonic game. Cool. And then now that I think about it, like, I remember a little shortly thereafter, they were like, there's another game coming. I'm like, wow, that's real that's real quick. And yeah. it's called Sonic & Knuckles. I'm like, wow, they're elevating him to, like, like, even Tails didn't get his name in any of the games. So when they were like, oh, it's a, it's a lock-on game, I was like, oh. And I think at the time I thought it was going to be a game that could lock on to any Sonic game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like as a kid, you, you know, you talk to your friends, you read magazines, and you get these weird ideas of what the game's actually going to be before it even comes out. Sometimes you even imagine things that are technically not even possible. Yeah, <laughs> you know, exactly. But you're like... So Sonic and Knuckles, you can plug it into, I think, any game, and then Knuckles might be in the game. You know, like, yeah, it was yeah. that level of stupidity. Um, but yeah, man, like, it was it was just kind of like a one-two punch of these games. And when they finally came out, I don't think I ever really played them separate again. I would always, like, hook them up. It just made no sense. Outside of playing, like, a level that I preferred from, like one or the other, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was just kind of a way to get further in the game if you pop in just Sonic and Knuckles. But, yeah, I was going to ask you that. Like, did you ever really play any of these games solo after they were both released, or do you always lock them on, you, you know? know? You know, uh, Sonic 2 is probably the one I played the most most growing up because, like, everyone had Sonic 2. Like, you couldn't go to a person with a Sega Genesis growing up and not have mm-hmm. Sonic 2. Sonic 3 was a little more rare because it was already kind of like the waning time for the Genesis. It was a 94, 95. 95, yeah. they finally moved on to the Saturn. Um, so it was like a weird little time. It, it This was kind of the last hurrah for Sonic and the Sega Genesis at the time. To me, yeah. I didn't get this until like way later when I started renting it. And then I, I did it. And then when I first heard about this Knuckles I and the Knuckles uh, add-on was also <laughs> yeah. like a rental, and I didn't really understand it until like I had to use it. And then when I used it, I was like, my mind got blown. The fact that you could put another character into an old game, and then I put obviously right. as a kid, you didn't know that um, it only worked with uh, Sonic Two really and Three. Yeah. So I was like putting a bunch of games on it. I'm like, ooh, maybe you can put some, maybe Knuckles will be playable in Streets of Rage Two. Put Streets of Rage Two on now, nothing. <laughs> so um, I'm like hoping that like uh, I find something out. You know what I mean? As a kid. Yeah, I was always disappointed that Sonic One did not lock on because I was like, this would have been perfect if it was a game that worked with every single Sonic, Sonic game released. Yeah. Um, it for me it also was kind of a negative that the game 
was incomplete until you had both of them and then locked on. And even then, as the years went on, fans would be like, well, actually, you got to get Sonic 3 complete because it's even better and it's fan-made. And for me, that always kind of elevated Sonic 2 as the better game just because, to me, it was like an all-in-one package, great game. There was no second game to lock onto it. There was no real like fan initiative to make it better. Like Even to this day, I don't know of any Sonic 2... Um, fan-made versions that are seen as the ultimate version, whereas Sonic 3 Complete, which I'm sure we'll talk about, yeah. is always pointed to as the best one. So, I don't know. Uh, well, I, I do know why it's pointed as the best one, but we'll get into I, I actually didn't put it in my notes, but I kind of know it because I played it. So I, I kind of know some of the changes on there we could talk about. But uh, I mm. will say that it was really, really cool that you could put the lock-on game and then replay Sonic 2 levels with Knuckles. Like, that was pretty brilliant. I think, like you said, it does make Sonic 2 the best game because it had 11 zones. It was the most complete game right out of the gate. If they added maybe, like, let's say all the zones, like from Knuckles and Sonic, like 14 zones, right? In one right. game. And then they added, like, let's say six more level zones later in, on Knuckles. I think we would be talking a totally different story where, like, Son Sonic 3 and Knuckles is the ultimate experience because like three by itself mm -hmm. stands alone you know but uh mm -hmm. i do agree with you there two was uh a lot and you know what let's talk about the development might as well because it talks a lot yeah, about yeah. why the game is what it is like why there's obviously not a, as much levels in three and why it was an expansion pack but uh the development of sonic 3 is pretty clear cut the game obviously started development because sonic 2 uh was popular and obviously there was no doubt that there was going to be a third game Sega kept the band back together, relying on Sega Technical Institute, who created Sonic 2, and now veterans at the time, Yuji Naka and Hirokazu Azahara, to make Sonic 3. The, uh, after the creation of Sonic 1, uh, I think this has been a running theme, uh, Yuji Naka did not want to uh, make the same type of games. Even in Sonic 2, he didn't want to make Sonic 2. He wanted to make something totally different. You can hear more about that kind of talk in Sonic in the Sega Talk number 50 episode. But unsurprisingly, his opinion changed. Uh, didn't change with Sonic 3, right? He still didn't want to make it. Uh, but he caved in when Sega gave in to his demands, having him work primarily with the Japanese half of Sega Technical Institute, because he didn't want to fall into drama that he fell into when he was working with Sonic 2. Saying that the American work staff had like different work ethics and culture compared to Japan, which is true. I bet you he thought we were all lazy. He's like, wait, you guys don't like to work 150 hours a week? Even though mm -hmm. it's impossible? What? No. <laughs> and uh, So Yuji Naka also got a promotion. He was actually a producer for Sonic 3, which is the first time he did that, which is crazy that he wasn't a producer in two and this gave him total creative freedom isn't it crazy that mark kearney was a producer in sonic 2 and he like had nothing to do with sonic 1 but yuji naka didn't had to like fight for his right to be a producer for sonic 3 yeah 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 so during this time yuji naka was really the front face of the sonic brand in magazines articles anywhere uh, do you think his name not being attached to Sonic 3 would have been a huge loss? It's it's hard to say. I feel like Sonic 3 was when they were really elevating him. So if... 
I, I don't think so, because I, I think with Sonic 1, Yuji Naka's name really wasn't being thrown around that much. Uh, you know, kids on the schoolyard did not know Yuji Naka's name. Yeah. Um, two, maybe if you subscribe to Sega Visions, but that honestly is such a niche magazine. Like, oh, yeah. like You know, we, we're Sega fans, and even, I don't think we had it. Did you have it? I didn't have it. I didn't have it growing up. I had it later on, obviously. Like, when you found out that Sega had their own, like, version of uh, Nintendo Power, you're like, oh, I have right. to pick it up. Yeah. Right. And, and I honestly think it really was Sonic Adventure, where Yuji Naka became the all-star talent, and that was kind of a case across the board with the Dreamcast games. Each one, they would really talk about Yuji Naka, uh, Yu Suzuki. You know, the, these guys would become Sega All-Star talents. Whereas in the Genesis days, we oftentimes didn't know who made the games. And to your point, yeah, they did push Yuji Naka a lot more in the promotion of the games. But if they didn't, I don't think it would have hurt the brand at all. Yeah, he created the engine and like the backbone of what Sonic was and, and we'll talk about what his vision for the game actually was and it it really differs from what Sonic was Sonic 1 and 2 so I feel like mm-hmm. if they didn't have him and going like I have total creative control I want to make this type of game I think Sonic 3 would have been more complete on release because let's talk about some of his ideas right off the bat that uh, obviously weren't going to happen so during development of the game Sega wanted Sonic 3 to show off the new SSP-1601 chip. Uh, This Mm. was marketed as a Sega virtual processor and was supposed to rival Nintendo's Super FX chip, which was going to allow primitive 3D graphics. Uh, Considering at this point, Yuji Naka wanted to take the franchise in a new direction, uh, he thought that the chip, he thought the chip in Sonic 3, that he could make an isometric game, which later became a reality with uh, Sonic 3D, Flicky's Island, and Sonic Labyrinth, and I also think this is why the start menu of Sonic 3 is a 3D Sonic, you know, render, because it's kind of like a bygone era of this idea that he was going to make a 3D game, Uh, but Sega refused Sonic Team's idea in the end because uh, the chip wasn't going to be ready before the actual game's launch, so this resulted in them going back to making a traditional uh, 2D platformer, and in the end... The only game to use this chip was the uh, Mega Drive port of Virtual Racing. Um, do you think Sega, like, do you think, like, do you think that saved the game? Like, can you really believe they they could make a good isometric Sonic Three? Like, would you be disappointed as a kid if it was really like Flicky's Island or something? I would have. I think one of the strengths of the Sonic, uh, I guess, trilogy or quadrilogy, if you're including Sonic and Knuckles, is that it's consistent throughout. Like, it feels like it builds on ideas, but never reinvents itself. Um, I looked at Super Mario as kind of... in. As a kid, I would look at, like, Mario 1. Okay, cool. Mario 2. Wait, what is this? It's a completely, completely different game. Mario 3. Okay, we're back to normal. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, Super Mario World... Okay, cool. And then you're like, wait, now it's changing again. Now Mario's a baby, <laughs> you know, like yeah. It just and and whereas with Sonic, I thought it was just so solid how Sonic one, two, three, and Knuckles, and they all, I mean, they as you see in compilations, Sonic Jam, uh, the upcoming Sonic Origins, like they work so well as a complete package to the point where the lock on with Sonic and Knuckles and Sonic two, it just makes so much sense. I think it would have been a terrible idea to do an isometric Sonic three. I think 
Yuji Naka, as great as he is, he also makes some pretty big failures, and I feel like this could have been a case of him, one of his early failures, you know. I know, you know. I, unfortunately, I do agree. Like, like even the the Super Nintendo Super FX chip. How many games mm-hmm. used it outside of like Star Fox? The only game I could really think of that was really hyped by Nintendo, and even then, right. It was pretty, like, if you go back, you could obviously see the limitations of it. Like, a lot of people say, like, there's a lot of fans of the game, and it's it's a really cool game for a 16-bit console. But at the same time, I can't see Sonic having a lush world, you know? Like, Sonic 1 and 2, right. they're so, like, lush, and, like, the animation on everything, there's so much little details in there. It just wouldn't be able to be done in 2D, in, like, this, like, really primitive 3D. Like, even when you play virtual racing, it's, like, obvious... That it's not that detailed, you know. Right. So that would have been very uh, <clears throat> disappointing. Well, uh, Sonic 3 went from a, a Sega virtual processor isometric game back to a traditional 2D game. It doesn't mean that Naka was uh, was uh, done trying to push the limits. They wanted Sonic 3 to be a large, sprawling game with a grander scope than any Sonic title before it. Uh, but these ambitious ideas would have to be scrapped due to time restraints. According to S, uh, uh, Sega's Technical Institute excuse, uh, Executive Coordinator for Sonic 3 and Knuckles, he basically knew that, all, that Yuji Naka's ambitious ideas weren't possible from the start, which, which actually started the idea of splitting the game into two. He said, there, there were so many creative ideas that it would take too much time to develop such a massive project. The team brainstormed up two games worth of material initially, and it was decided before Alpha Stage, I think, that it would make more sense to split the game into two. At this point, it was the, an idea. Sega still had no idea how the split would work and when it would be done and if both games would work uh, with each other. So, in a different universe where Sonic 3 was one massive game, do you think it would have been mm. too much for gamers? Or do you think Sega just needed to get the game out as soon as possible to sell more consoles? Which is kind of interesting, because, like, that, like, 93, like, the year after mm-hmm. Sonic 2, they had, how many, like, four games released that year? It was, like, Chaos, it was, like, I forgot which other ones, Sonic Spinball and a couple other ones. And it was yeah. like they were just selling consoles. It was like printing machine, you know what I mean? So I could see them wanting to have two releases for one year. Yeah, I think there were... Well, there were so many games coming out at that time that they even marketed it as Sonic Mania. Like, they mm-hmm. called that general era of so many Sonic games, like, in advertisements. Like, it's Sonic Mania. Um, yeah, I think... As much as I would have loved to see Sonic 3 in one complete package, I think it worked out for the best the way it the way we got it, just because I, I feel like if this game came out at retail, it wouldn't be priced really any much more than what Sonic 2 was, because they don't want to be like, here's a $100 game, kids. Um, I also think that with these massive games, a lot of the times, you're usually playing like the first handful of levels, and then you kind of either give up or get bored with it, for a lot of kids. Um, though I think the save states really help, because oh, yeah. now you can... You can come back anytime and complete the game. I don't think this is a sit-down-in-one-sitting sort of game. Um, but I, I think it also helped that they had two releases because kids are spending like close to 100 bucks, if not more, on this game. They're just doing it almost in installments, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> like uh, in spring, 
you buy the first half, and then in the fall you buy the second half. But it really just felt like you were getting two Sonic games in one year. Um, and I just, I don't know, like, I, I can picture the marketing for this. I can picture people freaking out and going, you know, like, wow, Sonic 3 is the largest, the most massive game. Even Mario isn't this big, and they'd probably push it that way. They'd be like, it's an epic, you know, something like that. I will say, but I, I will say I that, know. like, the uh, well, I'll talk about it later in development, but there was an original idea, a rumor that there was going to be a definitive version released after 3, where in Japan at mm. least, because they got delayed, that was going to have all the levels in one cartridge. And I think it was smart for them to sell two cartridges because it makes the people feel like, I already have Sonic 3, right? This is just an add-on. Right. This is more content. So it wasn't like you're rebuying the game with more content, like making your first game obsolete. You know what I mean? Kind of like um, right, right. So it was like both games are still valid. You know, they're not to, they're not together. They're separate, but you could put them together. That was pretty right. smart marketing. It, if there was one game though that I think deserved, because you see this a lot of times with like Mickey Mania, um, Echo, where they get a uh, Genesis or Mega Drive and then a Sega CD release. Mm-hmm. I think this game like called for a Sega CD release. I think in another universe, there was a Sonic 3 and Knuckles Sega CD, like, ultimate release compilation disc. Maybe even Saturn, I don't know. I mean, we got that with Sonic Jam, Jam. but what I'm saying is you boot it up and it immediately is Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Maybe even with those isometric-like things for new levels. You know, like, I think that would have been cool. And we kind of saw that with... um, uh, Sonic 3D Blast with the Saturn version, but I think this would have been really sweet as like the ultimate Sega CD Sonic game. I think that would have been awesome. I'm surprised they didn't they didn't do more re-releases. To be honest with you, because it's like yeah, it, it just seems it like seems the type so of guy. easy. Yep, yep, you're right. Yep, like like Echo. Um, I hear people time and time again go like, "Oh, it's pretty much the Genesis game." Oh, but the soundtrack's so good. You got to get the Sega CD version. Like CD quality sounds on just ports of Genesis games, I think is awesome. I love it. I'm all for it. It's also crazy that we got like a Shining CD, like a Shining Force CD. We got a uh, Streets of Rage one, but we didn't get a Sonic 3, right? I mean, we got Sonic CD, but I'm surprised they didn't do it again. Yeah. Like, why not? Um, So let's talk. We can't talk about Sonic 3 and Knuckles without talking about the boy, the Knuckles, mm. a, a popular... I think this character is so popular, it's ridiculous. I think it's he's always been popular from the get-go. So, yeah. since Sonic's games at this point had very few friends, all of Sonic 2's boys returned, including Sonic, Tails, and Eggman. But just like Sonic 2, Sega wanted a new character to promote Sonic 3 with... And just like Sonic 2, they had an internal competition to see who could design the best character and my mouse is going crazy um the winner was takashi yuda who which we have pictured here he was the one that designed uh the the boy knuckles he didn't have a story at the time but it was later revealed that he was going to be sonic's rival at first being his friend just like tails but changed which i'm glad Uh they did because uh to be honest with you you can't take away like you can only have one best friend if you have best friends, come on, Sonic. Let's be honest. You needed a rival, you know? The rival character, it, it was needed, it, you know? And it's funny because, yeah. in my opinion, 
Shadow, and you know, we did the Sonic Adventure 2, and when we talked about Shadow, we said, this is basically Shadow's game, really, because he's the, like, rival character, and the story was more revolving around him and Eggman. This one, it's the same thing. It's more about Knuckles being tricked, and Sonic is almost like a character in Knuckles' game where... He, I mean, yes, he's tricked, and yes, you're playing as Sonic, but I think he's the most interesting aspect of the game because he's the new character. But uh, right. So uh, originally, Sonic. This is actually kind of interesting. Originally, Knuckles was meant to be green, but the company took the character to children in a focus test, and the kids did not like the fact that he was green, so they changed it to his iconic red. Uh, hmm. And I do know in the comics. He becomes like I think it's in the Ken Penders one where he becomes green right. because of the Chaos Emeralds. I don't know if that's in the, an, a nod to the original green or is just Ken Penders being Ken Penders. But uh, do you think that uh, Knuckles would have worked as a green character if they just ignored the kids? And no, I think the problem is is he would kind of look like a pot leaf. Yeah. Um, I also think that it just wouldn't have popped on the screen, especially when you consider like the first stage is almost all green. Yeah. So he would have really blended in. Now, we have seen green characters since in 2D games. We've seen Vector, um, and he works really well, but also Chaotix has a lot of trippy backgrounds that really aren't your conventional like green forests, so it works. Mm. Um, Also, the 32X has a lot more colors to pull from, so they were able to give Vector more more to him than just like a, a you know a couple tones of green which you know it probably would have ended up as with knuckles um as far as penders i don't think penders actually is much of a big fan of the games and i don't think he throws that many references to the games and it's more his like own weird fictions that he kind of shoehorns into sonic so <laughs> i think he probably just i think he probably just looked at the emerald and was like oh what if knuckles became green like Sonic, Super Sonic becomes yellow, but what if the Master Emerald makes Knuckles green? You know, which is not a terrible plot point, but I don't think it was a reference. What a, yeah. I don't give I don't give Penders that much credit. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's so sad that he wasn't even a fan of the games. It's like, oh, what a waste! Like any, there's so many probably creators at the time that played video games that would love to do a their own version he, of these characters. He complained about how he was like, oh, people give me so much grief on my Sonic Adventure adaptation not being accurate. But you have to remember, Sega didn't tell me anything. I had to import the game and play the Japanese version. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm sure any other like Sonic fan at the time would have like had someone help translate it for them because they were super excited to write the adaptation and understood that they were doing this well in advance of the American release. But for Penders, he was like, complaining about playing sonic adventure early i'm like oh boohoo oh my god poor penders god he, <laughs> i baby. mean what a poor guy has to suffer i'm just gonna say though did you hear any rumors because like when i was a kid i remember there was this nintendo fan and he would like tell everyone like uh uh did you know that knuckles is red because sega wanted to have mario in the game and call it sonic and mario but nintendo wouldn't let them and i'm like yeah i'm sure yeah i'm sure nintendo sega was like <laughs> can we use your your uh your console selling franchise i i never believed it obviously but you ever hear anything weird like that 
Well, I think the next bit you're going to touch on is actually having to do with something I heard that was weird. So why don't you continue, because okay. I'll, I'll have a little thing to say about that. Sega, at the time, was working on a lot of merchandising deals. And we'll talk, we'll talk a lot more about that when we get to the commercials, because they were basically all merchandising deal commercials or tie-ins to other products. But uh, they wanted to do a Nike deal, and to show good faith, they added a white swoosh to Knuckles' design... To resemble a Nike logo, even though the deal never actually went through, the swoosh... Well, it looks like a crescent moon, really. It's still right. on Knuckle, uh, Knuckles' design. Uh, I do like the crescent moon design on his chest, but do you think it's weird for a mascot character to have corporate branding like that? I, I mean, it is and it isn't because we've seen that happen... Um... With some platformers at the time, like, uh, what is it, Zool, or whatever it is, with Chupa Chop, the, oh, the yeah. little, and, the and but it always, it feels so dated and so lame, like, if either they're a mascot, like Chester Cheeto or Cool Spot, Cool Spot's pretty cool, actually, I'll, yeah, I'll admit, yeah, I can't but like, on that. E- either they're a mascot, or it's just so stupid the way they implement it, that, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think it would have been terrible. I'm glad it's it's not the Mike, Nike swoosh, but that was um, that was a rumor going around. People were like, "That's the Nike logo," and they weren't wrong. They weren't wrong, but <laughs> they weren't. it's they, they it looks like they changed it and they made it more like a crescent moon. Like I said, um, I will. Did say, you know that it was a necklace in the Fleetway comic? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he wears a necklace in the shape of his chest crest. Uh, Personally, really weird. I like this design because I think it uh, made him stand out. Can you imagine him just having no, just all red right there in that chest area? It, you need something to like balance the color out. It worked out. I'm glad they changed it though to more of a, cr- a crescent and not a Nike symbol. But I do like that little bit that they added to him. Um, mm-hmm. The next, the the next picture we got. This is actually something new. So I maybe you want to talk about it a little more. But I uh, you discovered. You did yes. this uh, document before Knuckles was Knuckles with his design that looks more like the McDonald's sign, uh, toy. Um, <laughs> it was never made public until like literally what a couple of weeks ago. Tell me where you found it, uh, and you know what do you think about this? Yeah, so um, I am a member of some uh, private Facebook groups for Sonic collectors and. As annoying as they can be sometimes, um, and I could do a whole podcast on the crazy things that I see there, um, occasionally you have these people who are like, hello, I'm, uh, I have it all together, and I have quite a fair amount of money, and I've, uh, I've found someone who used to work for STI, and I purchased a bunch of documents from them. I've had them for many years, and I just thought I'd share one, you know, and it's just like, oh, how nice. <laughs> it's so nice that you have the money and you just sit on these things. And this was one with this this dude shared, which I'm happy to see. But man, like, it, okay, this is me speaking as like I, I I'm not like a games journalist, but when I approach information like this, I kind of approach it like a journalist, where I'm like, people need to learn about this. How do I get it out there in the most effective manner? Um, and man, like, if I had this you would bet this would be like a Patreon exclusive for like a month and then we'd put it on the site or something like that, like fully scanned everything. But man, so this thing, this is a document that went around at Sega Technical Institute 
on um, April 12th, 1993. So um, we're almost getting up to that date here. Jeez, like what is that? Uh, 93, what are we at? Like 29 years? Am I wrong? Yeah, about, yeah. Next yeah, year would something be like 30. That. Right? Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, uh, it's just kind of crazy that this is like something that has some people have had in their possession but never shared because what's big about it is it's the earliest uh, look at art of knuckles. Like you could call this concept art pretty much. And on top of that, it shares his background, which was what it was at the time. It changed later on a little bit. A little um, bit. His characteristics. And most importantly, that his name was undecided. You mean name? The so character? his name was name, <laughs> just name. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I'm not going to read the whole thing. You can check it out yeah. yourself. Uh, I will say. They call him Robot some, Nick. Some, Robot, they spell it wrong. <laughs> I was going to say, so, some of the stuff people brought up is that grapes are still in here as his uh, favorite mm -hmm. food. They called him smart, which a lot of people are like, ah, he's naive. Uh, I don't know. Will you think of Knuckles as a smart character nowadays, how he's been portrayed? I think because he was tricked by Eggman, people see him as stupid. But you have to remember, Eggman is the smartest character in the Sonic franchise next to Tails. That's some big lore right And there. And, you know, Knuckles, I think he had a point of protecting his emerald. Because here comes a guy in a super form with seven emeralds flying onto his island... What do you think? Like, this guy's coming for your emerald because he wants all of them. And you know the the power of these things. Uh, you have a shrine, like, on your island for these emeralds. So you got to imagine that this Sonic guy is coming to take over your island. And whatever this weird Robotnik guy is telling you must be legit, you know? I will, um, I, I will say he's, na yeah. he's naive. And considering that, like... It's funny because, mm -hmm. like, I think this is how they portray uh, Sonic in the movie, you know? Like, he had no friends. He was alone. So he becomes this, like, really annoying character that talks a lot. Yeah. And he t I also noticed that he's, like, pop culture references. Knuckles here was grew up in an island by himself, you know what I mean? So to him, it's like he never really had that much human interaction or understands the idea that uh, people like Eggman exist that will trick you and not tell you the truth. I just think he's more naive. That's how he always came off to me. But yeah. And I, I have a little visual aid here. It's mentioned that he had a tornado attack, like when he busts down oh. walls, which never happened. But, um, but here's the McDonald's toy. Which you could tell, right, you can see. You could tell right away that it was based. These like McDonald's toys were based on these early concept art, obviously. Right. Right, because for this to come out in, I guess, nineteen ninety, early to mid-1993, they would have to be, or 94, because this is actually dated 93 on the bottom. Pull it up so, so, can look, so you can show it to them real quick. Yeah, yeah. So this was dated 1993, yeah. and definitely so they most like definitely started work on this when this art was revealed. I mean, he... Looks a lot more like his game counterpart. The like the cover, the, the uh, three cover art. Yeah, yeah. Um, but still, you know, it's it's interesting that the tornado thing is really what they carried over. And in in the tornado, you can see like stars and little wisps. So it's kind of like he's not like wisps from Sonic Colors, but like mm. little little swirls. But um, yeah, it's just interesting because that kind of carried over to, I think it was Espio. So Espio was really the one to 
do a tornado attack and to spin and those sorts of things. So they kept the idea alive, but I honestly think it was just a cost-cutting measure because they're like, when Knuckles walks into a wall, we'll just have him just walk the way he does and he punch through it. And yeah. kids can imagine that. <laughs> yeah. I would say that, like, uh, it's crazy how much, like, ideas Sonic Team had, and they're like, we'll just reuse those ideas in another game. Like, there's so many yeah. ideas that just got reused. Like, the isometric idea, Sonic 3D Blast. Uh, the cloud, cl- like you said, the chaotic. So it's it's interesting they do that. Um, we did talk a, a little bit about this in the Sonic Two episode, but we uh, the sprites and the sprite changes. Uh, since we, mm. so that we're talking about the characters here, and we're not really going to be talking about Tails and Eggman since they're basically the same characters. Um, let's talk a little bit about how they changed the sprites for three. Um, as you could tell, one and two are basically the same sprites. They just changed the blue of Sonic to make him more blue. But with Sonic 3, they gave him more of a smile. They changed his uh, his eyes, his pupils or irises are really small are smaller. And he has mm-hmm. more of a like I would say like Mickey Mouse ish like in like you know like Mickey Mouse in his games that Sega Genesis made also had the mouth yeah. and stuff. It's like they added more to the face at the same time, but they also I don't know gave it more detail i mean like the shoes have a little bit of white on the tips and they look more uh defined in pixel form um yeah he almost looks like a 3d render turned sprite which i mm-hmm. think was the intent to kind of have a donkey kong country kind of vibe to it mm-hmm. um his shoes have the little dot to give it kind of the illusion of um white shine his chest has that too um and then if you want to discuss the Sonic Mania mm-hmm. as well, it, as it well. really seems like a, almost like a step, I want to say step back, but like an embrace of the Sonic 2 design again, um, yep. with very few references to the Sonic 3 sprite, if any, and, really. Maybe the hands look a little bigger? Yeah, I would say the hands look bigger. It's like they kind of got some ideas from uh, 3. Like the hands being bigger, uh, the little shine on the shoe, but it's a little more, you know, it's not ash white. Um, And he's also lighter blue, like a totally different type of blue, which I'm assuming this is classic blue they call now. Um, Mm. I will say Sonic 3, like it reminds me a lot of like when they started making the Dreamcast Sonic Adventure games on GameCube and they just were like, let's make them shiny. That's kind of how I always thought about (laughs) when they did 3. So... um, which one's your favorite? Like mine is two because I played that game the most, so it's always going to be my favorite. But is three that bad? Like a lot, of, some people hate it. I don't. I don't hate it. I don't dislike it. I think it is kind of a departure, though, at least in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks a little less Japanese to me. It looks more Americanized. Uh, I know American Sonic's something a lot of people talk about. I don't really see the differentiation. Like, I see it, but I don't really think about it. Um, but I, I one thing I don't like is the back spike is really tiny. Like, mm. it doesn't go down past his arm, and I kind of dislike that. I think the Sonic Mania sprite, to be honest, is probably the best one. Just because it takes what works so well with Sonic 2 and kind of pluses it. Gives it more of more colors to the point where it's almost like a 32x sprite. Yeah. So yeah, I agree yeah, with that. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't hate the Sonic Three sprite, but 
it's the Sonic 3 sprite. You know, it's it's very much its own thing. I, and there are some oddities to it. I don't know. I do think that if they ever make another Sonic Mania or like, you know how they made Sonic Mania Plus, if they make a plus, 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 um, mm. they should add the ability to just swap uh, sprites out. Like, oh, I want to use three, put three in. So I don't know. Yeah, that'd be cool. Because, I mean, you know how we get all nerdy in the fa- fan community for this kind of stuff. But <clears throat> let's talk more about development of the game now that we talked about Knuckles. While Sonic 2 was publicly shown really early, like the whole year basically with Sonic 2, Sonic 3 didn't really get much promotion because of uh, 1993's uh, Christmas Sonic schedule. That's what people called it at the time. Which was uh, promoted... Which they had to promote Sonic CD, Sonic Spinball, and Sonic Chaos in the same year. Uh, the game at this point, uh, why did I put? The, I think I was going to delete this. But uh, do you think a lot of uh, spin-off games like Sonic C, uh, Sonic CD, Chaos, ate up into the hype of Sonic Three before release? And which of these uh, other spin-off games did you own at the time? So Sonic CD, so- Chaos, and Spinball. Mm. I I don't really think they ate into the hype just because I feel like they were really just being um, games for their respective platforms. So, of course, Sega CD is going to have its own Sonic CD game. Um, Chaos, you know, it's just another Game Gear game. Like, the, the Sonic 1 and 2 games were completely different from their Genesis version. So, I didn't see a problem there. If anything, Spinball was really interesting because... I remember as a kid being like, oh, it's another Sonic game. And then I played it and I'm like, oh, this is kind of like giving me the Mario 2 vibes where this plays very differently, feels like a completely different game. Do I like this? I don't know. You know, it's, I, I think if anything, that was the game that kind of threw me a little bit. It didn't make my hype any less, but mm. it still was like, it made me realize that there will be, there are and will be Sonic games I play that don't feel like Sonic 1 and 2, which was kind of off-putting at the time. Um, Sonic CD, I was really disappointed in just because I didn't own a Sega CD and I probably didn't get one until like 20 years later or something. Yeah. So it just really sucked to know that there was a Sonic game out there with Metal Sonic, who I thought was such a cool character. And I saw him in the comics. I saw him in that, that 1999 cartoon DVD that came out, you know, which came out well before that. I didn't know in Japan, but it just... It just sucked to know that there was a Sonic game out there for years that I never played. And that was kind of my white whale, that one in Chaotix. Yeah. I, I, it, it's weird. I'm with you on that one. It's like they hyped you up with the character of Metal Sonic. And then they're like, hey, he's in this other game. So when you go to the store, you you see the game there, right? And it's Sonic and Metal Sonic on the cover. And you're like, but I don't have the CD. Like, when yeah. you're a kid, you obviously can't just go in there and buy it, right? Like... That thing was like three hundred bucks. It was a, it was like buying the console again for one game. Right. Yeah. Too much right. for us, but yeah. Well, past Sonic titles released a few days from each other in different regions. It was then stated that Sonic Three in Japan. Well, like when they do worldwide releases for one and two, they would basically come out worldwide and act after a couple of days. So like Japan mm-hmm. would get it in a couple of days, but Sonic Three in Japan was actually postponed. Uh, in uh, until May, while everyone would get it in early April 1994. This is when rumors wow. started flying around that Japan Sonic 3 was going to be larger a larger game, especially when news got out of Sonic 3's level select, which was cl- uh, clear the game had much more content planned that was cut, 
uh, showing Flying Battery Zone, Mushroom Valley Zone, and Sandopolis Zone. The rumors at the time weren't unfounded but or made up out of thin air because at the time Sonic 3 team was indeed making a bigger game being called Sonic 3 Limited Edition at the time or Sonic 3 Plus which was going to be going to feature a rumored 24 megabyte cartridge that would have an uncut adventure of Sonic 3 Obviously, Sega canceled this in favor of having Part 1 as Sonic 3 and then releasing Sonic and Knuckles later with Lockmont mm. technology. We do know that Sonic 3 Limited Edition would have a cheap, would have had like a cheaper price, but it was unknowing if it would have contained Lockmont technology, which I doubt it. Um, so it seems that Sega had a choice between releasing the game early and then doing Sonic 3 Plus later with added content at a cheaper price. Or releasing it the way we got, uh, which mm. which do you think is the better way? I think obviously we would prefer that they just waited until yeah. winter and release it complete. But if you had these two choices as a company, I I mean personally to me I like the way it came out. But what about you? I no, I agree with the way it came out because can you imagine it being like March and you get Sonic Three and they're like and in November buy Sonic Three again with everything that you were <laughs> we didn't include. Uh, in March, you know, it would have really sucked. Um, I think, though, it's interesting that with Sonic Mania, they adopted the Plus, and it worked because it was DLC. Now, nowadays, something like this totally works because Sonic Mania came out, it felt like a complete package, and then the team had more content that they wished they could have included, and then they gave us Sonic Mania Plus, which ended up being the retail release, like the physical retail release, and it was DLC. With the uh, Encore DLC, I think that that was handled extremely well. We also, um, but here it just it would have sucked. <laughs> yeah, because like we don't really have expansion packs on consoles. It was kind of like unfounded right. at the time, and the idea that like you buy it's just because of the duration. You know, it'd be like in April you buy the game for your kid, and then by the time winter comes around, they're like, oh, they re-release the game again. Kind of like I think the closest to it would be like NBA Jam when they did the tournament edition. Yeah. Um, or Street Fighter fighting games where they re-released the game later with more fighting characters. But Right, and then there were games like Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park Rampage Edition, mm-hmm. which you thought were just a re-release, but Rampage Edition is a completely different game, <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah. terrible marketing in and of itself. But yeah, I, I'd imagine it would be like Sonic 3 Complete Edition or something, or Plus Edition. You go, oh man. And it, it probably would have hurt... Um, consumer confidence in in sonic games because then you know parents would be like sonic's that franchise that makes you double dip and go back to the store and buy the game you just bought <laughs> yeah and it it i don't know about you but in like my circle of friends that were nintendo fans i i own both i was th- thankful enough to have a super nintendo but like they would always complain the sonic games were short like that was like kind of a a, a knock on the game um mm. I, I would say like uh they're totally different games but like if they made you rebuy the game, they would just give them more ammo to be like, well, at least when you buy Super Mario World, it has all the levels in it, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. So the idea that, like, the lock-on technology was also cool, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but Sonic and Knuckles was kept under wraps from the media until they did Sega did their big Sega Gamers Day 1994, which is actually the first Sega Gamers Day event that actually went on from 94 all the way to 
2008, which was the last one. And I actually attended the 2008 one, so I was there for the last, last Sega Gamers Day event. Wow. uh, The event was in June, where they showed off games. Uh, They showed off some Sega Genesis game, including the now iconic logo and October 18th release date for Sonic & Knuckles. Uh, uh, Sega's big featured product at this event was the Sega Power Strip, which I know you would love that, so I just had to (laughs) add that. Um, the logo is now iconic, showing a black, well, a shadowed version of Sonic, kind of like he's the shadow of, of Knuckles. And then Knuckles, and this is Sonic and Knuckles, obviously. Uh, as a graphic designer, what's your overall opinion on the Sonic and Knuckles logo? Well, I got it here, too. Yeah. I have the, um, the big book, the big uh, oh, yeah. strategy guide from Brady Games, which this thing's like, like new. It's beautiful. But yeah, I, I think it's an iconic logo. I think it's definitely a product of its time. It really feels like something that would release um, in the late 80s or early 90s. I think it has the same kind of graphical hit that the Batman logo had, the 1989 Batman. Um, it's just, it's simple, it's clean. Um, I honestly think the bevel and emboss effect it has really helps it. Now you got to remember, this is not like, during the Photoshop era. So this was most definitely done either digitally, um, like hand-painted, or maybe, maybe like, I, I can't imagine being actual spray paint, but it's just, it's so nicely done and illustrated. I gotta imagine it's an illustration. Yeah. Just looking at it up close, that it's, it's very nice. Like, if they did something like this today, it would... Probably look cheap just because they probably would have used a filter. Oh, yeah. But here you look at it and it's just, it's such a nice, um, I don't know, there's such a nice quality to to it. Like Sonic's eye, you have to get like a really high-res version, but his eye kind of like swoops in the blue and then this black bit kind of swoops up. It's just, I don't know, it's like super clean, super nice. I'm really hoping... That this logo makes an appearance during either the marketing for the Sonic 2 movie or the Sonic 3 movie, assuming Knuckles comes back. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's such an iconic logo. I, I, will, say, and, I will say one little detail. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed this, but um, the black and the blue of Sonic in the background, the circle, it's actually mm-hmm. the, the lock-on technology. The, the little mm-hmm. clip. I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Very cool. Uh, it... it I have my problems with the lock-on technology logo, which we'll look at uh, now since we're going to be talking about it. But it looks it looks kind of like a uh, like a power plug connecting to something else instead of an actual cartridge. Yeah. But I think they're trying to portray the idea of like everyone knows how to like put in plugs on the wall, even a mom, so they'll understand what it means, you know, by having that kind of icon instead of an actual cartridge. Um, right. But yeah. Sonic and Knuckles. And I, oh, sorry, gone. I think too we had Game Genie, so people knew the concept. It wasn't like new to stack something on top of something else mm. and have the thing here operating as like a magic box that changes it. So I remember when Sonic and Knuckles came out, I was like, oh, so it's like a Game Genie, but for Sonic games, and it adds a character to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, Sonic and Knuckles, while isn't technically the first ever expansion pack on uh, consoles, I, that's what they said online, but I looked more into it, and they say this game called Zan, Zanadu, but it's like a Dragon Slayer franchise side game. It's an, ex- mm. it's an early expansion pack, but what I, I it was made for Japanese computers, so I, I don't know if I 
you know, compare it. Uh, Sonic and Knuckles is in a standalone expansion, which can be played by itself, but adds more content if you lock on a game. That's the whole point of the lock-on technology. It works with Sonic 3 and Sonic 2. Uh, I guess... What is your overall opinion growing up with lock-on technology, I guess? Well, I always thought it was strange. At the time, I thought it was going to be something new that we would see a few more times. Me too. And looking back now, it's strange that they had a logo made specifically for this one cartridge. It's not like lock-on technology was something that applied to a future game that happened on the Genesis. Like, I'm sure people looking back on this stuff is like are like, Oh, I'm a big time Sonic fan. Not a huge Sega fan. I assume there are other lock on Sonic game, or Sega games, but there aren't, and that was it. Um, so it's a shame that and Sega does that a lot, where they like develop a technology, and it'll happen like it'll be like one and done. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know? that, that's the. So I put in the notes. I was going to do a visual representation of how it works. Look, it's really complicated. Lock on technology is almost like. You have to go to school for four years before you could even do this. So, please, people, understand I'm a professional. If you have a Sega Genesis, uh, you might not be able to do this like I can. So, you put the Sonic cartridge logo, the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge logo like that. You see? Mm. And then you could play it like that. But if you put Sonic 3 on top of this little thing up top, see that? It stacks. You see that? Usually, yeah. people screw this part up and they don't understand that you have to put it on top. And uh, that's how it works. Um, I, you know what? That was a free college course right there I gave you guys. So uh, well don't done. abuse it. Uh, take care of yourselves when you guys. Also, make sure you guys don't hit your guys' hand or pinch yourselves' hands when you guys are putting the cart on top. And, uh, you know, be safe out there. You know, You're, you don't know what could, what could happen. Um, well, I think I think the joke is it's it's super easy to do, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which which I think works in Sega's favor because there were a lot of times like the 32x and the Sega CD they would push it as you just slap it on the side or on the top of your Sega Genesis, but that was far from the case. Like the hookups alone, you need like a manual uh, or in my case like a website to like remember what plug goes where. And you mentioned that Sega Power Strip, which was made. With the intent of locking specifically for a 32X Genesis and Sega CD. And in this case, it's a rare case where the uh, the technology is just like, you just lock it on, you're done. And I, I think, a rem I remember um, with the Kinect, when the Kinect came out, um, I had the old Xbox 360 and I got the Kinect. And there was this whole situation where you had the um, Wi-Fi dongle and you had to get a Wi-Fi dongle extender so that it would plug into the front because the connect would take up the USB in the back, which would need a converter. And then when they made the new Xbox series, I forgot what they called it, like Xbox S or whatever, it, you just plugged the connect in the back and it was done. And that was it. And I was like, man, if it was like this from the beginning, we would have had like lock-on technology levels of simplicity. But it like, can you imagine like lock-on technology and there was like a cable involved <laughs> yeah i do love the marketing though lock on technology like you said the technology was in uh game genie i, I think it's funny that like sega always had to have like a marketing gimmick they kind of knew right. with like blast processing and stuff that people were like oh we love little brand names like lock on technology with this sick logo um and i was gonna just say too um when sonic 4 episode 2 came out i actually made 
a and it's on our website uh, a paper craft where you could print out labels for a like Sonic and Knuckles cart and a Sonic Three cart, and you could put the Sonic Four Episode One and Sonic Four Episode Two, and then lock on to get Episode Metal. Like obviously it won't play, but the joke was like Sonic Four Episode Two was a Sonic and Knuckles cartridge. So anyway. you know what? I'm surprised <laughs> that the marketing team back then didn't think of doing that as a like joke online. You know, it was like obvious, but it. <clears throat> Aaron loved the thing. I made those those packages, and he was like, this is awesome. And I was like, yeah. So let's talk about what happens when you connect Sonic 3 with Sonic and Knuckles. So the first thing that happens, obviously, is the biggest reason everyone bought it. Knuckles is playable in Sonic 3 levels. Tails is playable in Sonic and Knuckles levels. All mm-hmm. levels from both titles are accessible from Sonic's three stages. So once you beat Sonic 3, the Death Egg falls off screen intact instead of being destroyed. And then Sonic and Knuckles starts the uh, level start. The final boss of Sonic Three is omitted for Sonic and Tails. I don't know why. I mean, maybe uh, I don't know. If you collect all the Chaos Emeralds in Sonic Three, you get a new quest in and Knuckles. Uh, basically, now you when you enter the giant ring in Mushroom, you could collect the new Super Emeralds uh, in the special stage hub in Hidden Palace Zone. So, what do you think about these Super Emeralds? Like when you collect, I think that's. I think it's interesting that there is a giant ring entrance in Mushroom Hill Zone to the Super Emerald stage because in the Sonic movie, Knuckles takes a giant ring to the Mushroom Hill area that Robotnik is stranded in, and and I don't know if that was an actual reference, like Knuckles will always go there because I don't know. That's interesting. Anyway, I just thought, Um, but yeah, the Super Emeralds weird weird right i don't know like they like they were a one-off really yeah they never i don't think they weren't in mania or anything so if the super emeralds are all collected you get hypersonic or hyper knuckles unlocked uh tails doesn't Mm -hmm. have a hyper version which became kind of a meme within the community but does have a super tails version if you get the super emeralds Sonic and Knuckles saves can uh, now use Sonic 3 save feature. Uh, the game's uh, the game save slots are increased to eight instead of six, so you get more memory there. Slave mm-hmm. save slots now show how many continues and lives you lives you have, and they also show how many super emeralds you have. Which I find this bit interesting. It's like they patch the save feature with Knuckles. They're like, oh, we forgot to put uh, how many lives and continues that players have. Oh, if you put them together, now you have that feature. I thought that was pretty uh, slick. Sonic and Knuckles. This is actually the most controversial take. Sonic and Knuckles music is used in the when you combine the games for the title screens, one-up, invincibility sounds. Uh, so no Sonic 3, so it overwrites the Sonic 3 files. What's your, pro- mm. what's your opinion on that? Like, There's some fans that can't stand the uh, remade one-up sounds and title screens. <laughs> To me, it's not a big I never deal. really noticed it, yeah. but yeah, because I don't play Sonic 3 alone or Sonic and Knuckles alone, like, at all, really, anymore, when I do, uh, in a rare instance, play Sonic 3 alone, I'm like, oh, this sounds a little different. And I, if I remember, Sonic 3 Complete actually gives that option, so it shows that fans were super bothered by it i guess uh, there's always there's always like those roms that you know patch all that stuff out if uh you want so we're kind of in a spoiled era in that bit of you know in that mm-hmm. passing a star post makes all three bonus stages from both games available including the slot machine if you get 20 to 34 rings 
glowing sphere stages if you get 35 to 49 and gumball stage if you get 50 to 65 rings which isn't even like talked about so you got to either read the manual or figure it out yourself knuckles stages uh are different uh from sonic and tails um like they have new bosses new areas and like hidden areas so they redesigned slightly uh knuckles' stages which i always found really interesting so it gives you a reason to go back and replay the games as knuckles sonic 3 and knuckles also has a slight uh different objective placement for sonic 3 zones uh launch base being the big one and Sonic and Knuckles is pretty much the same except for Mushroom Hill Zone having a slightly extended start with a giant ring that gets a intro to tie in the level from Sonic 3. So it, it kind of has like a little like tie-in uh, scene in the beginning. Uh, Sonic is airlifted by Tails. Knuckles falls down after having jumped from the exploding platform in the, in the little video. What do you think about this kind of stuff? Like that they added like more like, I guess you could say at the time it's a cutscene, which I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, me too. I thought that was interesting. And I think all these little changes, I, I think some of them are nitpicking, like people not liking the music changes. I, I personally loved the I, this whole thing. Like I didn't even know just the little intricacies. Like um, like you said, we, I always play with both of them together. So it's kind of weird sometimes. I'm like, oh, wait, <laughs> that wasn't in three? Hmm, that's interesting. But yeah. Right. Um, did you ever play uh, Sonic 2 with Knuckles in it or whatever? Did you play that game a lot? Oh, a lot of times. Okay. Yeah, I loved Sonic 2. So having a new way to play it was beyond awesome. And especially exploring with Knuckles because I was like, oh, I can finally see what's up there you know yeah he made it easier um like um i thought it was interesting that they let you play sonic 2 like you said sonic 1 would have been perfect if they got all the way to one but i guess i don't know i don't even know how this works to be honest with you to me it's like magic but according to the internet the cart combines sonic and knuckles rom with the sonic 2 rom and then it has like a a 256k room rom to boot called new game I don't know how they do this. I have no idea what this even means. So it's like it patches code with the thing with Sonic and Knuckles when you put it on top. But hmm. I do know is that it lets you play Knuckles in Sonic 2. And uh, the game changes a lot of little things, including having Sonic in the titles. I mean, Knuckles on the title screen instead of Sonic and Knuckles, mm-hmm. which is obvious. Uh, two player modes have been uh, removed when you put this game on. Uh, act cards are recolored to green, red, and yellow instead of blue, red, and yellow. So it gives it more of a knuckles feel. Shields are colored gray instead of blue. I wonder why that is. Uh, hmm. Signposts showed knuckles instead of Sonic and Tails and is reused from Sonic and Knuckles, obviously. Secret one up mon- monitors are added for knuckles to discover. When respawning at a star post after dying or finishing a special stage, Knuckles retains his rings he had before. Uh, lower ring requirement for requirement for special stages. And turning into Super Knuckles is uh, you have to jump twice instead of one with uh, uh, Sonic. Oh. So not very big changes. Uh, he was kind of just like plopped in there. It's not as intricate as Sonic 3. But imagine being able to have like a complete like one, two three and knuckles like you said remember how we were talking about like on the sega saturn or whatever yeah Yeah, like but like now they have like i don't know 
more stages, more everything, more transition cutscenes. That would have been so slick, considering they already kind of awesome. kind of had the idea. And uh, the last bit I guess we could talk about is Get Blue Spheres, I guess, the Blue Sphere game. Uh, while people say connecting Sonic 1 to Knuck, uh, Sonic and Knuckles unlocks Blue, Blue Sphere, a randomly generated spe- special stages from Sonic 3 and Knuckles, it actually uh, it I, it just does this when you put an unsupported game. It's basically the characters telling you no. Uh, but if you press A, B, and C on the no way screen, uh, you get this Blue Sphere game. Um, mm-hmm. This mode had no official name. Fans used to call it No Way or Get Blue Spheres <laughs> until 2002 when uh, they finally called it Blue Spheres in the Sega Sonic Mega Collection. Uh, what was your opinion on this Blue Sphere game thing? Like, there's people that like always post this uh, image of the No Way. Uh, maybe it yeah. became kind of a meme, you know. It became kind of popular. Uh, did you play the uh, this Blue Sphere game? I yeah, I would occasionally play it. The Blue Spheres were not my favorite special stage. No. I've never really been a huge fan of the special stages in general. I think that's me too. Um, I yeah, I just I, I can't really think of one that I look forward to. Sometimes, if anything, I'm like, man, I went through the special stage thing. Now I got to play it. Um, and in this one, uh, I, I think my what I didn't like about it is that the way it speeds up, it's like, it gives me anxiety. It's like, like left, 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 jump, left, 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 jump, left, left. It's like that fast. Left, 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 left. And you're just like, I, I can't deal with this. It's like, like, <laughs> it's like when you drive for like a long time and there's just like the same trees yeah. and pattern, your eye gets, all, it gets all weird and you feel kind of dizzy sometimes. That's how I get too. Mm-hmm. It's very weird yeah. game, but, uh, the game featured in-game icons, which we have a picture of here. Uh, it had three th- for every difficulty level, you would get an icon like a sprite or something. Um, it was kind of interesting though because there's 13 different ones. Um, level one had no no sprites, so technically it only has 12. But it had an inclusion of some weird sprites like uh, this Mecha Sonic one that became kind of a meme, where he kind of looks like a like he looks kind of sad. And then this like weird Eggman one where he looks like he's kind of like giving you the side glance, like ooh, he's yeah. showing off. So it, yeah. they included these, these weird sprites. I, I kind of wish they did more with them, but it's it's pretty funny. I like that. It's a little extra, I guess. Uh, wh- okay, so this is an interesting question. Were there any other Sega franchises do you, that you think could have used the lock-on technology? Ah, uh, I. Th- think any of the ones that had like trilogies would have been really cool like streets of rage that one would have been sick i think i think if streets of rage 3 was a lock-on card and it let you put one and two on it and like play kind of remixed versions of those games with new characters it would have been super awesome and it probably would have saved three which for many people is are kind of is kind of like the weak entry yeah um Man, I'm maybe Golden Axe, though. I don't really think that's all that ex- unless they like pushed it as like a treasure chest or something. It's like a brown cartridge, and you're like, open the treasure and unlock, you know? Yeah. Whatever. Um. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I think Streets of Rage would have been the best one. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know about Fantasy Star. I don't know how that would have worked, but 
Yeah, I, I, I think Streets of Rage would be my pick. I think Streets of Rage would have been the easiest one. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Like maybe I, I want to say something like if they would have to make like a like maybe the the uh, technology would have been cool if they could release a like cart game like Mario Kart, but like you added extra characters, kind of like you do Amiibos, but with putting the cart in, saving the character, and then you like just to sell more games. You know the idea of like. You won uh, this character from Shinobi? Well, he's only unlockable if you have Shinobi 3 or whatever. Right. And maybe, like, if lock-on technology came earlier in the lifespan, it would have been cool if a sports game did it where they treated it like the the lock-on card is the base sport. And then the each year we're going to give you a new cartridge containing all of the new characters and players and stats and gameplay tweaks. So it's almost like you're buying the new version, you know, like of the sports game, but maybe at a lower price because you have the lock-on cart that you need to have to play it. I don't know. I don't know if that would be too annoying or confusing for people, but I don't know. Like, I I feel like I see video game collections for people who are mainly into sports games, and it's like, it's a lot. Yeah. Dude, there's people that collect sports games. I mean, they're kind of lucky, though, because uh, sports games are, like, super cheap. Like, they never yeah. went up in price, really. I don't think there's any sports game that's, like, rare that I could think of right now. I was given um, by his... I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but he passed away recently. He worked for a gaming magazine out here, I think EGM. Um and he gave me a three-pack of the Sega 2K sports games, which were, like, sold in a bundle. Mm. And he was selling it at a, an, event, an event, and he was just like, oh, here you go, take it. So that was kind of cool. But, yeah, it was just like, unless sports games are given to me, I don't really seek them out. But I don't know. I feel like lock-on technology could maybe help for that, make make the yearly updates something. I don't know. Like, maybe the Shinobi games, you could unlock different characters in the different one. But like like you said, it would have to be, like a game thought out like imagine if they had this technology like you said from the beginning and they knew that yeah in a point they were going to be able to do this i think games would have been designed so much more differently than they were like at the time mm-hmm. so interesting thoughts uh super nintendo though obviously the easy ones are like mario because they're all kind of the same or like a mario kart adding other characters by putting the card on like i said would have been interesting nintendo had it easier right. though because they like all their games were kind of the same style, while Sega had like uh, an Outrun game, uh, Space Harrier. They're so different, you know. Right. They would clash. But uh, let's talk about the stages because uh, that that's the interesting bit. So, Sonic Three and Knuckles together was a massive game, and with lock-on technology, it made the game even more replayable. Since you can now unlock Knuckles, obviously, uh, giving hardcore Sonic fans more exciting things to do with their previously owned game. Even though it's hard to quantify how long Sonic gamers take to beat Sonic 3 and Knuckles, uh, if you're pretty good at the game, it should take you about seven and a half hours. Uh, I doubt that most people beat it when they were kids at seven and a half hours the first time. Um, the game did feature 14 single player zones across both games. And I would say, like, even that is deba- debatable because, like, Hidden Palace Zone isn't a real zone, in my opinion. Um, this isn't counting special stages or multiplayer stages. For example, Sonic 2 had 11 zones. Um, today, 
instead of me talking about each of these levels, I'm going to let you, Barry, rate each of these levels, oh, right? Boy. Here's the link on the bottom. You can look at them. If you scroll all the way down on the Sega Retro site, they have the list of, of uh, levels to remind yeah, yourself. Yeah. I, have, I have the Photoshop file over here with each one, though. So the first level we'll talk about is, uh, I guess, Angel's Island. You ever hear about this one? Yeah. So, yes. so the ranking goes from S, A, B, C, D, and F. So what do you think about Angel Island? That's mm. the start of the level. The first time we don't have Green Hill Zone, basically. And okay. Act 2 is completely different, too, which is interesting, right? It's the fire one. I will say uh, A for this one. It's a solid first stage, and I think the change-up with the fire is really exciting. There's a lot of fun gimmicks. And it's a stage I never get tired of replaying again and again. Um, okay. And I love that it made a, a short appearance appearance in uh, Sonic Mania. So, yeah. Um, uh, how about Hydrocity? Oh, this is... How are we going to say this? Hydrocity yeah. or is it Hydrocity? It, it's Hydrocity officially, but to annoy people on Twitter, it's Hydrocity. <laughs> <laughs> I will abstain from choosing a side because I don't want people to hate me. Um, but I will say, I, man, I'm going to give this one a B. I know Ooh. there are a lot of lovers of it, but I do not like stages with water in them. I was going to say, you hate water. As much. I hate water. Yeah. Um, so better. I don't know why. And I, I feel like there's better stages in the game. Okay, okay. Yeah. How about Marble Garden? You What about this one? This is kind of like that one um, stage in two, you know, with the ruins, I guess. Sort of? Yeah. I yeah, it definitely is like a Sonic's two stage, which should elevate it for me. But I'm gonna say B. Oh. Um, because of the anxiety it gives me when you're in those little like caves and stuff and the ground starts moving. Mm, you're a hedgehog. You know, it just it's true. Alright. True. This one's interesting. Let's let's do that. Carnival Night Zone, which is like this is the one that has the meme, right? With the with the little spinning uh whatever that thing is called. I, I don't know what it is, like mm-hmm. a trash can. What is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Where you have to like what do you have to do to press down or up or something like that? You just hold it? Yeah, you need to you need to like push on the buttons, which kinda goes against how the rest of the game works. Yeah, this is a weird design level, um, right? And then also the track for this is the one that people always uh, talk about when they talk about the Michael Jackson connection. Uh, yes. So, so I'm a huge fan of Casino Night Zone. If this were a, a Sonic 2 tier list, I would give that one an S. This one, I think, is a step down from Casino Night. I'm going to give it an A. I, I do really enjoy this stage, but I get that people don't like the Barrel of Death. Um Next one, I'm very excited to talk about. Yes, you like ice, but you don't like water. I love Ice Cap S. S. I think it has. Yes, I think it has an awesome intro. I love the aesthetics. I love the music. I actually have the um, boot. No, it's not a bootleg. I think it's an official um, record album for the song from the Jetsons that this turned into. Mm. uh, The the track for this. So. Yeah, S for sure on Ice Cap. It's one of my favorite stages. This is the last level for Sonic 3, uh, launch mm-hmm. launch base. Um, this is very like the last level, usually the fortress level, I guess you could say. Um, what do you? What's your thoughts on this one? Oh, man. Um, it's hard to say. Like It's the stage I play the least because for it's sure. towards the end. But when I get to it, I'm always excited to play it because I don't play it that much. 
Um, I'm going to let you help me rate, rank this one because I know a lot of my stuffs are in the, the B, A's, and S's. How about we put it? I don't think any. We put it at the C tier. How about that? Would people get mad at are that? Are we going to do that? Really? Oh. I would get. How about B? I don't think it's bad. I, yeah, I would say B. All right. I guess. I think because it's kind of a disappointment that it's at the end and you're like, this is it? Like, there's no big Robotnik base. We're just at so it has a the, stage that should be the stage before the end. Wouldn't I, wouldn't I make it kind of like middling then? Like, compared to like the ending of two? And uh, so, like, I would say C would be like, because it's not a true ending. Oof. And, tec- and technically, this level, I think, was never designed to be the ending. And it was just added last minute, in my opinion. But I'll put it in B if you want. This is the Barry list, not the George list. Do Oh, if this is the Barry list, let's put it in B. All right. But you can put it, like, towards the C. Oh, like in the <laughs> middle, guess. like that. All right. We'll yeah, put sure. it in the middle. All right. Um, All right. Now we're back. All now right. we're in Sonic and Knuckles levels, right? Uh, Mushroom Hill Zone, which is iconic now since it's represented in the new movie. What? Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna hate me for okay, this. Okay, go for it. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this one an S. Ooh. I love Mushroom Hill. I, I love the sound of the mushrooms. The boing boing. Yeah, yeah. I the the music is so great. The gimmicks are awesome. There's nothing I hate about this stage, and I have strong memories of playing this around Thanksgiving break again and again because that's when you know around when this game came out. Yeah, I love the roosters. Nothing but S. I love the roosters. In yeah, it. but uh, the next one is flying battery zone, which my only real complaint personally is that like there's not that much detail in this level compared to other levels. Mm. But what were you ranking at the very, very? I really love flying battery zone, but I do think it kind of suffers from those areas where you're just like. I don't know, like you're just afraid to die, mm. and sometimes I like a stage where I'm just kind of feeling little more willing to explore and have some fun without the fear of falling or hitting spikes uh still is a solid a i i think sonic and knuckles in general is just a really fun experience throughout um and you're gonna see that again moving into the next one here sandopolis yeah it's like or sand sandopolis sandopolis oh yeah yeah that's how it's sandopolis metropolis Sandopolis. Well, remember when T. Lopes called us out? He's like, nah, it's not Studioopolis. It's Studopolis. Studiopolis. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> that was embarrassing. He, like, he put me on blast. I, I was like, I, I cried a little bit. But let's talk, let's talk about the sandy level. I like the backgrounds on it. Sandopolis. It's really sick. I like the idea that there's like obviously a city of sand, I guess. Um, yeah. What, how do you write I love the... I love the gimmicks where it's going dark. Um, I've always been an ancient Egypt sort of pyramid fan. So again, I'm going to say A. I'm not going to give it an S because I think the the gimmick is a little, again, kind of anxiety-inducing mm. but fun. Um, I love the, the... And you can see it on the screenshot here, the gimmick where it like when it hits a hard edge, like the rope bends inward. I think that's so cool. Um Next, we, yeah. we got Lava Reef Zone, which reminds me of the Lava Stage from 1, I guess. A callback to the Lava stuff. Um, was there a Lava Stage in 2? I'm trying to remember. Sonic 2? Yeah. Um, I don't I don't think so. Maybe I'm wrong. What's your opinion um, on fire? I think, I think aesthetically and everything, this is an awesome-looking stage, but it's not my favorite. It's almost like... 
if you if you told me like oh it's a water stage i'd go oh but if you told me it's a lava stage i'd go oh because oh. like lava's just deadly you can't swim in it exactly you know at least water gives you a whole extra area to explore so i'm gonna give this a b unfortunately i know there's a lot of lovers of lava reef sorry guys but it's just it's too cost claustrophobic there's too many hazards i think we got our first f it's called the hidden palace zone what a freaking rip this isn't even a stage <laughs> get out of here don't be marketing it as a zone i actually did it at first, I didn't put it in here, but then everyone calls it an actual zone, so I put it in here. But what's your opinion on <sighs> Hidden Palace Zone? I don't think it's an F, but what, what's, the, what's the one above F? So it's, we haven't got any C's, any D's, or F's. So where do you want to... Where... Let's give it a D. All Let's right. be real mean to it and give it a D. Because I think when you play this, you're like, as a kid, I remember I was like, kind of, I heard the rumors, and I'm like, oh. This is like cut content from two, but going back to it now, you're yeah, it's just kind of like, eh. but I will say the Sonic Two Taxman version, that one is sick. I would give probably an A because that's like Hidden Palace, Hidden yeah. Palace. You know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah. But like this one, it's just like I don't know. It's like a cutscene, <laughs> a playable cutscene. The next stage, Sky Sanctuary Zone. Put on glasses because this is a bright level. It's mm. like it looks like they like the sun is out at full force on this one. But uh, what's your idea, uh, opinion on this one? I don't play this stage all that often, but when I do, I feel so like special playing it. Like it's just such a cool, triumphant level. The bosses look like. Eggman robots, which is like Metal yeah. Eggman, you know, which is really Pretty cool. Much. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna say an S. I think this is a really cool, solid stage. I think it's one of my favorite Sonic Adventure stages or Sonic Generation stages. Oh yeah, um, to see in full 3D, uh, it's it's iconic, and I love that ending going up that um, that little circular bit, and then oh yeah, there's, there's just so many cool cutscenes here. Death, egg zone uh, I, I really like the death stuff like i like when you get closer like uh, they're hard right the levels but like when you get closer to eggman i really love seeing his little like machinery and the way like it was depicted from like with sonic team the way they like showed the little like you know all the stuff they, that eggman was working on that's always my favorite stuff growing up because it's like oh imagine if they made a full game where you just played in like a well i guess we got that now but in the world made by eggman i guess we got right. the colors and stuff but yeah, back then it was kind of like a treat. But yeah. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of split because it's epic to finally get to inside the Death Egg and to have the big Eggman, like, um, Death Trap stage that, you know, was iconic in Sonic 1 and Sonic 2. Uh, it just, it's, it's a really cool looking stage. It's a great finale, but I wouldn't put it up there with the best of the best. No. Like, I wouldn't give it an S just because... It's not something I seek out to play again. <laughs> you know, it's almost like, you know, like you don't go, oh, how was that boxing match? You know, you're like, oh, I want to get back in there and get punched in the face again. You know, like you just don't do that. I, I think uh, Sonic um, 2's was more, more iconic, like the whole like fighting uh, Metal Sonic and then that big robot mm -hmm. has become so iconic, mm -hmm. you know. But this one, not as iconic, obviously, but... Right, but I think it would be unfair for me to give it anything less than an A just because it is a solid finale, 
really before you get to the next bit. Yeah, well, which has um, been well, I will talk about it right now when I put it up. But let me just put mm-hmm. it on A. A. That's a solid man. There's a lot of A's. So it's a great game. I mean, what, is, do you, what can you expect? I agree with you 100 percent on that one. I was like, this is going to be hard. I'll let Barry do the rating on this. Um, <laughs> the last one, Doomsday. Which this scene has be this is probably the most iconic ending in a way that like it's been reproduced in Sonic Adventure Two. Uh, I think maybe there's a couple of other games that reproduced it. I'm assuming Sonic Six did something like this in a way, but like the whole idea that you're in space flying as Sonic, it's like not even you don't need the dirt or anything anymore. Like the, it's the Sonic has transcended the Earth. Like he used to run on the Earth, now he flies. Man, he's unstoppable. So what was your uh, opinion growing up having a uh, basically a flying Sonic? <laughs> it's pretty cool. I think as a stage, though, there's not too much to it. It's more just like a glorified boss fight. So It's kind of like Sonic Adventure 2, too. Know. You know? It's like that last ending was so epic, but if you really think about it, there was no really not that much gameplay, really. Right, and I appreciated when Sonic Generations at least threw in a little platforming like throughout the boss fight. I thought that was really cool. Here, um, I mean, I don't, I don't want people to hate me for giving it like a C, but mm. like if you were to say, oh, as a stage, what do you think of the stage? Or I'd go, zone, well, it's more of a boss really. fight. There's a zone. Yeah, it's, it's, it's more of a boss fight, and it's a solid boss fight, I guess, but... Yeah, there there isn't too much to it in terms of an actual zone. There's no exploration. There's no real level design. There's more just like an enemy design, I guess, right? Yeah. So, and right here we see yeah. that you have three S-tier levels. Uh, most of them are A and B. So I would say that mostly you would consider this good to great in level design mm-hmm. in terms, which I think a lot of people would agree. I think a lot of people think Sonic 3 and Knuckles is their favorite game. Um, obviously the worst ones hidden palazone zone and, um, doomsday. And that's because we wanted more from those, uh, levels. And I think they should have been thought out as an actual zone, uh, like a flying one, like doomsday, having two, two zones that you finally get to a boss fight would have been uh, slick having hidden palazone zone, yeah. having a couple of levels would have been uh, slick, but we definitely didn't get that, which is kind of, uh, sad, but I don't think it's, I mean, it's an iconic game. Wanting more from the game isn't a bad thing, in my opinion. So, finally, we get to talk about the music, which is oh boy. one of the most controversial takes about this game. Um, so, we'll get into it. But while most Sonic music, we just talk about the music artist and what we feel about the tracks. The history of Sonic 3's music is, well, more filled with ongoing controversy with Sega during development, but before we get into the issues, what is your overall thoughts with the soundtrack we did get of Sonic 3 at Knuckles? I think it's a solid soundtrack. Um, Probably one of the best Sonic soundtracks, I think. I mean, you know, I'm always the Sonic 2 fan, but I, I have to admit Sonic 3 does a lot of really great tracks. I actually have the bootleg, um, album where it's like sonic on the cover like michael jackson like laying down wait wait um, when did that come out have you seen no, it go get it i want to see it actually i mean if you can if you can if you know where it's at i'll go grab it right. you you keep talking yeah so let, let, let me talk to the people about what happened with the soundtrack so we could get more about why it kind of feels a little different from two 
for example, okay, so composer for Sonic 1 and 2, Masato Nakamura, was upping his demands for working on Sonic 3 since his band, Dreams Come True, was having actual success. Nakamura just wanted more royalties for both his new game and his past tracks, which Sega declined and decided to look for someone else to compose the game. This kind of started the Sega looking for someone else, which became Michael Jackson at the time. Um, which uh, I'm waiting for Barry to bring his his uh, vinyl. I want All to right, see here it. we go. So here's the cover. Oh, oh my God! It's from the Thriller album. Yeah, and then here's the. I don't know why the album. Oh, the when, when did like this falling out? When did this come out? This came out, and I don't know if I ever newsed it. Here's the back. <laughs> and then here's the inside. I love it, dude. That's sick. That's sick. And then here's the here's the vinyl. It's red. Give me a sec. I got a, the windows acting all crazy. Oh, nice. So it's a bootleg, yeah. right? It's a bootleg from man. I don't know. Oh, 2019. So this was sold on a website that was unadvertised, and the listing for it was so vague that very few people would actually buy it. So you you really had to know who the person was and what he was selling through probably like, you know, like discord chats and things like that because he did not want to get hit with legal. So you would go there and you would just see like this picture and it would say S3 and it wouldn't tell you what it was or what you were buying, but it was, it was the vinyl. So yeah. Yeah. So super cool. uh, (laughs) I love it. (laughs) as, As a Sonic Two fan, uh, what do you? What was your? What was your opinion? I mean, at the time, we didn't know who Nakamura was and who made the Sonic One and Two uh, music. So to us, it wouldn't have been a big deal if he was gone, right? As kids. So right. what is you? What, what do you think now, though, about Sega telling Nakamura, Nakamura that he they weren't going to pay him for his the royalties he wanted? And you also got to know at this time, um, they were letting. Uh, I mean, they had what's his name, right? For the for the Shinobi soundtracks, have his actual name on the title screen. The guy from Dragon Quest right. has total control over his music in games. So, meaning that he, if he doesn't want to release it uh, in full quality, he doesn't have to, which is crazy to me. Uh, but Nakamura here, he made Sonic One and Two, some of the most highest selling games for Sega. They refused to give him royalties or give him any of anything he wanted. What's your opinion on that? Like that whole saga? I mean, I think that's pretty shitty of Sega. I think they were creating all star talent. Like you clearly saw Yuji Naka getting press. Um, and yet it's, it's like they were picking and choosing who they would actually elevate. And as a result, they were losing some pretty big all star talent mm-hmm. just because they were refusing to, you know, give them what they wanted for all the money that they made for the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, I didn't notice the difference. It was kind of just like, oh, Sonic's model looks a little different, or Sonic's sprite looks a little different in this. Um, I guess the music's a little different, but I never really thought about them letting people go behind the scenes, really. Yeah, and uh, the story goes that Sega actually approached Michael Jackson. And did you remember this whole thing about Michael Jackson? And when did you first hear about like the idea that Michael Jackson cre- worked on the Sonic 3 soundtrack? 
I heard I heard the rumors throughout the late '90s, um, and then you'd see it in magazines, like kind of hinting at it, but it was never truly confirmed. Um, and I, I'm sure you have more to say about that, but yeah, yeah it was it was always a rumor. For yeah. Sure. So uh, so as we know, Sega had a relationship with Michael Jackson when they did uh, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, and obviously Michael Jackson was a huge fan of Sega arcade games including Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, this was used, uh, this used to be debated by fans uh, if Michael Jackson actually worked on the soundtrack and what he did. One issue is that he never got credited in the game. Instead, his team of wor- people that worked with him got credited, including Brad Buck- Buxer, Bobby Brooks, Daryl Ross, Geoff Grace, Doug Gribs- Gr- Grigsby III, and Sekiroko. Um but in 2016, the Huffington posted an article kind of confirming all this. But we'll talk about more about, I guess, the people that worked on it. You know, Michael Jackson's team talking about their involvement and Michael Jackson's involvement. So the first bits happened in 2005 when uh, Roger Hector, the executive coordinator for Sonic 3 and Knuckles, uh, confirmed himself that uh, Jackson composed all the music for the game but was dropped due to his 1993 scandal. Uh, but a few years later, he claimed that the Jack uh, that his soundtrack was never heard by the general public. So this is what he said. The music fitted perfectly for the game, and they had a, distinct, a distinctive Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson sound. We had it already and integrated into the game when the first news stories came out accusing him of child molestation. And Sega had to back away from the uh, calibration. Calibration. Oh my God. Collaboration. Uh, Collaboration. And it was too bad nobody outside ever heard the Michael Jackson music. Uh, What was like? Okay, so yeah, there was the. uh, Here's the problem, right? Uh, When you had the Japanese composer. Uh, Nakamura, he wasn't ever accused of anything weird like this. He wasn't a huge pop star also worldwide. I I don't know if the allegations were real or not. I don't really care, but you wouldn't want to have your child, I mean, kid franchise associated with an ongoing case like this. So regardless, it wasn't going to happen. So this was the first mistake. I do wonder how much money Sega spent on this because, like, Michael Jackson isn't a cheap person to... uh, put his brand name on your uh, video game. right? And it would have been a huge marketing deal, in my opinion, if he actually did it. So this is another thing. We never actually got the full Michael Jackson soundtrack. Do you think someone's sitting on it in some hard drive somewhere in their house? Oh, for most definitely. I mean, what we got in the end result was definitely Michael touched some of it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'm certain there's there's a much more Michael-y sort of we, uh, situation here. It is wild, though, to think that at Sonic's peak, he was, the brand collaborated with the biggest music artist, not just of that time, but of, I'd argue, of all time. And now here we are in 2022, and no no offense to Kid Cudi, but, like, Kid Cudi is the, is the end track for, um, you know, the Sonic 2 movie. And, like, this is a franchise that got Michael Jackson... Yeah, you know, like I guess the equivalent today would be like if they got, um, man, what, what, what's that girl's name who did No Time to Die? Like if they got her, or Billie if they got Eilish or whatever. Billy Eilish, yeah, like go. if Billy Eilish did the the music for 
the Sonic 2 movie. I guess that would be the equivalent. Like, she's a big superstar now. But, like... Maybe Lady Gaga or something. Yeah, know. and it's it's insane because at this like I think people don't like they didn't grow up in this era. Don't know like they just think of Michael Jackson as this creepy dude. I guess he was a little creepy, but at the time he had so many hits. He was everywhere. I remember the Simpsons episode with him on there with Lisa's birthday was iconic. So obviously mm-hmm. it would have been a big deal, even if at the time as a kid I didn't really care about Michael Jackson or pop music or anything. I think it would have been a big deal right. just for marketing purposes. Um, the topic would continue to be brought up by uh, to people from uh, Michael Jackson's team. And in a black and white magazine interview in 2005, Brad Buxer, uh, a longtime contributor with Michael Jackson, who co-wrote the 1996 hit Stranger in Moscow with other tracks of MJ, including Jam and Who Is It? which are all thought by fans to be uh, reusing chords for his Sonic 3 tracks. He actually said MJ didn't want to be credited because the Sega Genesis sound was trash, apparently. Like, here's his quote. (laughs) And this is what I don't get because I'm assuming he knew the limitations of the console because they had the Moonwalker game. So I'm kind of calling BS on this. I'm assuming he wasn't happy, but... I mean, who would be happy, right, with going from a CD to... uh, you know Sega Genesis sound but like he should have known in my opinion right I've never played the game so I don't know what tracks uh, 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 tracks on which Michael and I have worked uh, the develop uh, the developers have kept but we did compose music for the game Michael called me at the time to help with this project and that's what I did and if he is not cre- uh, and if he is not credited for composing the music it's because he was not happy with the resulting sound coming from the console at the time the game consoles did not allow an optimal sound reproduction and michael found it frustrating frustrating he did not want to be associated with a product that devalued his music buckster would confirm that stranger in moscow and sonic 3 con- uh, connection stating yes michael and i composed these chords for the game and it had been used as the base for Stranger in Moscow. So fans were right about mm-hmm. that. If you listen to the tracks, you could kind of tell. So it wasn't really that big a deal. Uh, what is your opinion on this whole thing that like it devalued his music? Like in my opinion, you remake music for a console, right? Like you start from the ba- from the you know bottom, right? Right. So I don't buy this just because he was totally cool with uh, Moonwalker. And yeah. I can't imagine him being like, don't put my name on this game. It sounds awful. You know, like, yeah, they did. And people didn't complain at the time. I don't think people had. I think this guy was giving an interview, well, obviously in 2009, with a 2009 mentality. He needs to think back to this era when we would hear like Super NES or Sega Genesis. And we were like, this sounds awesome. Like, maybe someone of Michael's caliber probably did not think it was up there, but I can't see him accepting the job, knowing what it sounds like and then working on it and not liking what it sounds like. Like I, he, he was well aware of Moonwalker. Yeah. I don't get that. And he also made, um, like you said, the arcade game, he worked really uh, together with them. At least that's what he said publicly. And I mean, we'll mm-hmm. talk a little bit more right now, but um, he was the first North American North American customer to receive a Sega Genesis. Remember that he was gifted one by Al Nilsson. Man, he's lucky, dude. Now, 
Al Nielsen yeah. didn't give me anything as a kid. I, I would have enjoyed it more than Michael Jackson did. I, I will say, though, it does feel like Michael Jackson at this time was a brand. Like, this is my theory that mm-hmm. he didn't really have that, that much hands-on with music creation for other stuff. Like, like he said, uh, he wor- like this guy, Buckster, said he worked with, with um, Michael Jackson on uh, that, that Moscow song, right? Um, Strangers mm-hmm. in Moscow. How, how much you want to bet that he just had people creating, like most pop stars, creating tracks for him. He listened to it and he goes, oh, I need more cowbell. And then the guy would be, all right, and they add more cowbell. And then he'd be like, I need more saxophone. And that's not a, I mean, there's no problem there because, no. I mean, there's there have been people like uh, in, in film, like uh, Peter Jackson, George Lucas, like they have their fingerprints all over everything, but they hire the people who they think can best bring their projects to life and like if you like the work that someone does you're going to keep bringing them on for your projects so i don't think i mean i don't think michael was that uninvolved but i think he just had enough people there that yeah he could probably step away from a project like this and still slap his name on it and say that he did it even though he was just kind of there to sign off on things but i honestly think this dude worked closely with michael enough that he would protect him when it yeah. comes to Sega telling them that they don't want Michael's name on the product because of the the whole situation that was going on then. Yeah. So honestly, I think this is probably a lie this dude told himself back then and he believed it enough to bring it up again yeah. after Michael's death. He, you know? he never actually came out and talked about the allegations. Like like Sega never really like brought it up. Well, like he like you that had to be a big focal point. Like, the guy that actually yeah. was the coordinator for the game brought it up, but he was like, oh, no, it's because the Sega Genesis sound wasn't good. It's like, all right, whatever you say, dude. But he also right. he, he was on the Michael Jackson cast, or MJ cast, they call it, in 2019. Mm-hmm. Again, there was this, there's this really long clip of it. It's really interesting. But uh, he talks uh, he talks more about this, the whole Sonic 3 and MJ connection. Uh, I didn't want to play the full clip because it's pretty long, but uh, this is what I got out of it. He says that he was assigned the project by Michael Jackson to start composing music for a video game. It was Duxter, it was his job, Buxter's job, to delegate other people to help. This included Doug Doug Grib, Grigby and Daryl Ross in the team and other people. He said, and in the interview, uh, he kind of paints himself as the lead on the Sonic Three music project, with MJ having less personal involvement. He also he also said that by the end of them working on the game, they had forty one music cues ready for the game. So I would assume that's like sounds like the one up sound and little things like that and zone tracks. Mm. So they had forty one music cues all ready. Um, in the end, uh, we know only a few of the MJ tracks made it into the into some form in Sonic Three, but not Sonic and Knuckles. Suggesting they had 41 tracks in queue that would uh, could have been meant that MJ and his team were supposed to provide tracks for both of these games, but in the end they were all scrapped. But only a few made it into the final version of three to get it out. Maybe um, so mm-hmm. we never really got the full uncut MJ tracks. Maybe in a his- like in the future, someone will buy the tracks from someone and hmm. we'll finally be able to listen <laughs> to them online and have like a full discussion about them, which I find interesting, but um, that kind of sucks. 41 tracks and they just had to go away because of the allegations that happened. If you believe them, don't believe them. 
it has to be kind of bad because he is a musical genius, but I understand how stuff like that works. I definitely would yeah. not be involved at all with Michael Jackson because I just think it's weird that you're like have all these weird things for like if I had another like YouTuber guy friend and he's like I have kids come over to my house and we watch movies I'd be like yeah I'm not going to be associated with you that's kind of weird <laughs> even if there's nothing wrong going on it's just the idea it's like I don't want to be associated with right that. right um, so Sonic and Knuckles soundtrack was done by Howard Drossen Dr- is that how you say his name we talked about him in comics I, I episode. say Drossen Drossen is yeah, pretty yeah. much how I say it too but so after the whole drama involving Michael Jackson and his team, they brought in newbie at the time, Howard Drossen, to do to I guess he he did the Sonic Spinball game as his first game for Sega, and he would come in to clean up the Sonic Three soundtrack, and he went uncredited for this, so that kind of sucks for him. But he did receive full credits for his work on Sonic and Knuckles soundtrack. He would go on to write music for some of my favorite ga- Sega games, uh, Comic Zone, Die Hard Arcade. Is a few of them. Um, Drossen would also talk about Michael Jackson's involvement with the Sonic 3 soundtrack and actually contradict what Roger Hector stated in the August 2008 interview through Sonic. In Sonic Retro, he uh, Drossen says MJ's work didn't make the final product and he kind of sounds like he's not sure. It's, it's weird. So here it is. Um, the question in the interview, it's like if, I don't know where the interview's from. It feels like it's from an event, and there's random people asking him questions. But one of the yeah. questions is, I'm going to ask you uh, – I'm going to ask the question a lot of folks want to know. What To what extent was Michael Jackson involved in Sonic 3, and how much of his work did you replace? Uh, Howard said, originally he was involved, but in the end he ended up with no involvement. Uh, the interview brings up the fact that fans have shown similarities of Sonic 3 track samples – with Michael Jackson's music, including uh, Carnival Night Zone, where Howard says, I did, not, I, I did not do all the music for the game. However, I know that Sega wanted to distance themselves from him after the sex scandal. Um, if MJ's tracks influence some of the music, it is uh, coincidence as far as I know. So he's saying no. He's saying Mike, they didn't even copy Michael Jackson. They just maybe, maybe... You know, a bass riff stayed there a little bit, you know, but Michael Jackson wasn't involved at all. And then he takes a dig on Michael Jackson when a fan asks him if he's going to be working on future Sonic soundtracks, because at this time he did the Black Knight game uh, on the Wii. And he said, Hmm. thanks. I won't work with Michael Jackson, though, meaning he doesn't (laughs) want anything to do with Michael Jackson. And you right, know what? Right. At this time in uh, 2008, I mean, Michael Jackson's name was in the toilet. At, if it was 1988, I'm sure that answer would be totally different. Um, what is your opinion on Drossen's uh, saying that not, MJ isn't involved at all and basically saying that Sega distanced itself? Like, I think the sex scandal is what did it. I don't think Michael Jackson was the one that left, you know? Right. So I think that Michael just was not involved to a big extent because that's how his kind of music factory worked. Like he hired the right people. He placed them on the project. He probably would sign off in the end. Um, But at a certain point, the scandal hit. Sega said, all right, we're going to, we're going to move on. We're not going to use Michael's name, unfortunately, but we're going to still take what we contracted you to work on and see what we can work with because we got to get this game out there. Then they called on Howard Drossen. And the last thing you want to say to someone is, 
hey, I need you to come on and clean up Michael Jackson's work, both because Michael Jackson himself is, you know, like peak music at the time and still is, um, and also because his name was sullied to the point where you probably are going to lose Howard Drossen's support. You know, he, he'd probably say no to the project if he knew he was coming on to support Michael Jackson music. So I think Sega probably did not tell them they were probably like, oh, no, we're not working with Michael anymore. Here's some of the work we have from some other artists. Um, fill the rest in, you know, like, and and that's probably the case. Like, I don't know how he can sit here and be like, oh, I don't know, like, uh, they were influenced by some of his music and it's a coincidence. No, there is no coincidence here. No. Like, it's so obvious that Ice Cap is... From one of those, what was it, Drossen? I forgot who was on the Jetsons, but still, like, there's a connection there to Michael Jackson's. Oh guys, yeah, so. for sure. And, yeah. and you know what's funny? All this drama happened just because they wouldn't give Nakamura a raise after making two hit Sonic soundtracks for one and two. It's like, you know, you could have just had him for the third one, have this continuous sound from each one, and save yourself this whole hassle with Michael Jackson, the child abuse things. We wouldn't have to be talking about this. We could have just literally been like, oh, it's a great soundtrack. Move on. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> all right, cool, man. Right. So um, let, let's take that all and let's talk about promotion. This is probably uh, the easiest bit of the whole notes because Son Sega went buck wild when it came to promoting Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Since both titles came out in 1994, Sega had a whole year to get people excited for the upcoming third installment of their favorite franchise and in my opinion this is the third installment those both together it's like there's three avenger movies right we don't call them like the third movie was released in two parts right but we still consider it one full right. movie so that's how i see sonic and knuckles three and knuckles and i think a lot of fans do too so first i have this clip i'm not really gonna i'm not i'm gonna start it at one in uh one minute and 11 seconds but basically it was the game's premiere was at on Groundhog's Day in Pennsylvania uh, with interviews and a big sonic blow-up uh, balloon. We could jump around. It's a 10-minute video. I'll tell you where we started. Uh, 1.11 shows you these beautiful old men, big sonic. You know what? Pennsylvania is where everything's popping in the United States. Everyone knows that. So uh, here's these old men in top hats to introduce Sonic 3, which... I think we could all agree these hats are pretty amazing. I'm Bud Dalkel. We're here in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. The Pennsylvania. Look at these people, man. Look at that lady with the Sonic plush hat and the cool... Tell me this isn't a sick event. Wow. That's the Thanksgiving Day balloon. Right? That's the same one. That's wild. Yeah. So I wanted to, after it goes black, I wanted to show you this, like, uh, kids enjoying the balloon, I guess. All right, let's look at uh, about two minutes and 57 seconds. Like, these kids right here, mm -hmm. these kids have to be, like, above the moon, right, for this. Like, I wish I was at this <laughs> event. You know what I mean? Yeah. I never went to any of these events like this, but like it would be sick. Like Chris, well, we'll talk about it later in a little bit. But Chris Tang having that a competition and being on MTV is pretty sick mm -hmm. too. Like that's part of history, you know. But uh, this little town is like so small. I don't know why Sega. Look how small the audience is. 
You know, if we did an event for Sonic, the next Sonic game, this place would be packed. Well, you know, the thing is, is that Puxatani, that's where they do the Groundhog Day event. So there are oh. national news media there. You know, so Sonic's going to be on the news. It's just not going to have that many people there physically. Um, go, go to 3 minutes and 45 seconds, 49 seconds, and check out this chubby kid a little bit in. It's me, basically, if I went there. They're like, oh, you, I wish I had straight A's. And the mullets, dude. The <laughs> mullets. That's funny. These, these are the cool kids that we used to look up to with the mullets. Why is that kid wearing a red hat? Like a... <laughs> this kid sucks. You can hear them, like, hitting things. Yeah, these are usually... This is the event that they first showed uh, Sonic 3 in. Um, but Sega also had a big promotional event called... Uh, <laughs> MTV called it Rock the Rock for Sonic uh, Sonic mm-hmm. and Knuckles. We're not going to go through the whole thing. It's a 21-minute episode. It's on our YouTube channel. You guys can watch it fully. Maybe one day we'll get Chris Tang to come in and talk about it with us while we watch it together. And we could pause it and he could give us... Yeah, that would be fun. We've had him on... Two podcasts, yeah. though, so if you want to hear his stories. For sure. But uh, this one, we're going to go into... They, they did a section in here where they talked, they looked, they went to Sega S Technical Institute, I would say, like, five minutes and 20, 20 seconds in. I'll play it from there. Mm-hmm. But uh, the music they played was so annoying. What's the password? Knuckles. Knuckles is the password? <laughs> so this is Sega's office. STI yeah. is a special place in Sega where some of the very best talented uh, most Is this Green Day? People in the company come together to create games. <laughs> the music the philosophy of being here is yeah. Yeah. to be able yeah. to have some fun in this kind of sounds like it. It's basket case. Man. Game designer basically this guy's so young, and he's like a game designer. Mainly is to make it a good game. Well, we had this game called Lawn Jockey. Lawn Jockey? Yeah, rode around on a lawnmower. Other lawnmower people. It was one of those wacky games that you know. It was kind of like you told the people, and they were just like, "Oh yeah, right." I I. Knuckles coming up the slope. This guy with a ponytail has a red shirt on, like Knuckles. Wow, maybe he is Knuckles. I think it's based on this guy. Yeah. This guy's smart. That's how I. I like how how quick. Oh, here's Howard Drossen, young. I do all the games here for Sega Technical all the music and sound effects for the games that we're doing here. And, uh, basically... I think that's enough. I think, uh, yeah, but they had, you know, MTV did a whole 21-minute uh, special on Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and they did this whole thing mm-hmm. where you went to prison or whatever. We did, a, we did a whole thing on it. You guys go watch it. It's actually pretty cool, but as you can tell, these are two big... I mean, this is probably the biggest branding deal for Sonic, having a whole 21... 21- 21 minute advertisement you know that was big in the 90s right where you thought you were watching a show right but you were watching a big advertisement and that's why i think we really should not take for granted that this month and next month because sonic 
to the movie is probably the biggest promotional push Sonic has had since Sonic 3 and Knuckles. I mean, oh, yeah. we're and we'll we'll talk about it, but we're going to have a Happy Meal toy in April. Like again, yeah. like toys, not little LED LCD toys, but like yeah, little figures. Yeah, an actual toy. And yeah. that's what we're going to see next. Um so Sega got also got smart with cross advertising advertising their games with bigger brands that could afford more TV spots. One of the most popular ones was Sega's USA McDonald's toy branding, which got its own 30-second McDonald's uh, spot, which is right here. Wow. $1.99. I know. Oh. So, one ninety nine for a toy, a hamburger, fries, and a soda. That's pretty insane. But which one? It's amazing. Did you see this as growing up, like the McDonald's toys? Because I wasn't a McDonald's person growing up, so I never really went there. Um, oh, absolutely! I, I had all of them. Um, in the in the years that passed, I uh, went and got the. I have a video on our channel, uh, the fastest food alive, where I have the store display um, for it. I have the bag. I have a stack of the bags. Um, I have the uh, the toy that they would give kids under three. I even actually did like research into some of the urban legends about like the Tails toy, like killing a kid. <laughs> um, is, that, is that true? I, I I don't know if it killed a kid, but I think a kid like choked on a part from the Tails um, toy, I, and they claim they pulled it from stores. But the thing is, is that these toys came and went so fast, they never pulled them. They just didn't re-release it when the Canadian version came out. Mm. So when it released in Canada, what they did was they took the ball that the kids under three would receive, which is just a little rubber ball, and they put Tails on the ball instead of Sonic, and they called that the Tails toy. And then when Europe got the the um, toys, they redesigned the Tails to be just a static, just like the Knuckles, where it would yeah. be Tails as Tails spinning. And that was pretty much it. Also in Japan... They released a version where uh, it was uh, Eggman instead of Robotnik, and that's the one toy I don't have, which I really want to get. But that's me. <laughs> I will say, yeah, yeah the, this is the Sonic uh, Robotnik from Sonic Adventures of Sonic uh, the Hedgehog TV show instead mm-hmm. of the actual Sonic mm-hmm. Three. Um, outside of that, what what's that thing under uh, <laughs> Sonic? It's like supposed to be like uh, dust or whatever because he's so fast or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, they they did what they could back then, but it's like fire. It's like Sonic in a bunch of flames. So um, I really, but the I arms really moved liked... and his nose was rubber. Oh, nice! I was gonna say uh, I really like this commercial because it's like really playing in the idea that most kids think like, what happens with Sonic when you stop playing it? I'll come to McDonald's and get the toy. This is where he's, you know what I mean? <laughs> I thought it was pretty interesting yeah. and smart. Uh, obviously McDonald's at this time was so good at selling us junk food. That's why we have a, a, a epidemic <laughs> of people enjoying uh, McDonald's too much. Uh, the right. next one, uh, Sega would repeat this with their fruit roll-ups ad. And I could only find this one in really bad, like VHS quality. So let's watch it. 
Our quest to bring you the newest fruit roll-off continues. One day while hard at work. Whoa. We stumbled onto something cool. Whoa. Something cool, man. It's a joke. They shouldn't hire they shouldn't hire kids, that's the problem. That's what I was thinking. If you thought Sonic, Sonic 3 peel out, dude. Wow. You could be president of Sega for a day when Sega what? You hear that? I hear that. Can you believe if we, we got to be the boss of Sega for one day? You know what kind of stuff you <laughs> get up to? I'd be like, Gunstar Heroes 2, now! And then they're like, sir, this is just a stupid contest. It's not real. No, I want it now. They all, they also did a um, – I didn't put it on here because it was a print ad, and we already have a lot to watch. But they also mm -hmm. did a uh, a print uh, an ad. I mean they did a crossover with uh, Cracker Jacks. So you could mm -hmm. also win prizes. So the McDonald's the toy up there. It's, oh, they, it's, it's way up there, but it's a, it's a top. It's like huge. You, you mail away – for so, it, so McDonald's, the biggest branding deal, and I would say Fruit Roll-Ups were the second because they were ridiculous. They were pretty popular candy. Um, I don't personally mm -hmm. don't like them. They kind of get stuck in your teeth. Um, but uh, Cracker Jacks, I mean, my grandpa's, that's what my grandpa would like, right? Oh, I love Cracker Jacks growing up. Us, we're like, no, 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 old man. We we, we eat uh, Fruit Roll-Ups in this, in this house. <clears throat> So let's talk about the actual commercials Sega created because these commercials were other companies promoting the game for Sega, making it uh, them just be able to sit back and enjoy that sweet, sweet money coming in. The next one is called Good and Evil, which uh, it's kind of weird because Knuckles is technically not evil. So let's look at that one. Sega presents one champion of good. <laughs> One pawn of evil. Pawn of evil. Oh, a pawn of evil. Not only is it the greatest Sonic game ever, it also <gasps> comes with lock-on technology. What? Plug in Sonic Revolutionary. To play in a whole new way. Plug in Sonic 3 for 34 megs of power. 34. Worlds and surprise endings. Sonic and Knuckles with lock-on technology. Only on Sega Genesis. Sonic and Knuckles, other game cartridges, and Sega Genesis each sold separately. So here we could see that they're selling all three games, like three games, two, three, and Sonic and Knuckles together in one commercial. Uh, we also mm -hmm. see the uh, how evil they're trying to make it sound like he's all good versus evil, which is funny because it reminds me 100% of the Sonic Adventure 2 advertisement, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, let's be honest with you. Sonic Adventure 2 was really uh, Azuka saying, Oh, my first game I ever worked on was Sonic 3, and we made Knuckles, and it worked. I'll make another rival character. I think that's really what it was. But uh, <laughs> The next one is my favorite commercial. We have uh, a – this is the Christmas one. So they did this one early yeah. in, and then we had one for Christmas. Uh, do you uh, do you remember the, uh, I, uh, we'll watch it and tell me if you remember it I remember it yeah absolutely great idea for a new game called Sonic and Knuckles it's Knuckles <laughs> in his own game plus it has new technology new technology you can play Knuckles in Sonic 2 and 3 it's revolutionary he just laughed at it so we sold the whole thing to Sega who's laughing now <laughs> living in large here Sega Genesis Sonic and Knuckles, another game cartridges. The ending is so weird right Sonic. here in the end. The, the guy that does the voiceover is like, Sonic and Knuckles is available right now in stores. It's like, dude, you're, you don't have no like energy or anything for this read? Come on, guy. 
I do. I will say right. that uh, there is an actor here. This guy, the guy that plays one of the, uh, what will you call it? The one holding the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge. The Elves. Yeah. He's from yeah. Uh, he's from Twin, Twin Peaks. He's the guy that dances. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, in the really? Room. Okay. Yeah. In the whatever they call it, what did they call the room? The Velvet Room, I think, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or is that? Or are we talking about Persona now? But yeah. That's Persona. Yeah. yeah, but what I find interesting about this one is, and I, it kind of, um, I mean, you know, like we were talking about things that kids would talk about at school, like guesses they would make about these games. Of course, we would look to the commercials for hints. And when they're like, oh, we made a game with Knuckles in his own game, it almost seems like Sonic 3 came out and then Sega was like, oh, we got to fast track another game. Kids love Knuckles. Let's give him his own game. And that's what it felt like at the time. Like, you know, we were stupid and we didn't know how games worked. So I think a lot of us did actually think Sega was reacting to the reaction of Sonic 3 and fast tracking a Knuckles game. But That's what it felt tr- like. But it's not true. Yeah, yeah, it's but true. it's not really true. Yeah, I would say one other thing, though. The fast tracking mm-hmm. thing—it's funny that they also fast tracked a Knuckles TV show before the movie was even out. So that's kind of like keeping in the spirit of the expansion pack. So yeah. I, I, I like that. Um, the next video is the, uh, Japan. So how did Japan advertise this game? Well, if you buy Sonic Three, you become Sonic yourself, or at least Sonic Speed, right? So let's watch it. Yeah. Oh wait, I. I I don't know why. I guess I don't have that one. No, no. The next one I have is actually... Never mind. Oh, Blockbuster. Actually, the Blockbuster one, right? I skipped it. Sorry. My bad. Let's, let, me, let me play it then. This is the Blockbuster ad, which I'll talk about it afterwards because they had a lot of these. Cool the game. But this is... Blockbuster Video has the newest what? and hottest video games you crave. Life is a challenge, not a game. Well, now it's both at Blockbuster Video, where the challenge never ends. Now, Blockbuster Video See? has all your favorites for the what? holidays, like Sonic and Knuckles from Sega. Take on Sonic and Knuckles alone, and you can plug in Sonic 2 and Sonic 3 into your Sonic and Knuckles game for entirely new adventures. It's Sonic and Knuckles from Sega, now at Blockbuster Video. So what Blockbuster used to do back then was uh, they would take, like, they would have these, like, pre-recorded commercials, and then they would add a, a new game in the end. So you right, would watch yeah. that kid play, because I remember, like... I, for one of my Christmases or something, I got like Mega Man X, right? And then I remember always watching that commercial, like the original one, and the kid is actually playing Sonic uh, Mega Man X in the background, and they show it a little bit when he's playing it in the in the level. But I remember like remember seeing it, but it's like they re-recorded this commercial. It's like totally different when you put. I don't know. It's weird, but it's blockbuster. Mm-hmm. It's interesting though because like nowadays, <laughs> blockbuster isn't a thing, you know. Let's uh, watch the Japanese one finally. So this is what happens when you play when you play Sonic in Japan, I guess. Hey, come on! You hear his voice? Hey, come on! <laughs> yeah. This is silly. It's like a roller coaster. It is a roller coaster. Oh no. From Mega Drive. Isn't it weird when like Japanese ads just add Americans because they think it sells the product to have an American voice? <laughs> also, what do you think about the Sonic voice for uh 
this commercial, it's like, this is like the, what Japanese people thought he sounded like. Hey, come on. Hey, come on. It's like, uh. Well, he kind of sounded like that in Sonic CD. He was like, I'm out of here. Pretty much, yeah. But this is what I guess the original creators thought he would sound like. I mean, I would assume they have some say in the Japanese ad, right? Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe um, not, yeah. The, the next one is the UK ad, which is, we'll see. It's called Heavyweights. Good evening, Grapple fans, and welcome it's like to a the wrestling between match. Two stars. Hey, Hawk, yeah. there's only one star here. My boy Sonic. He's in the groove with fresh food. <laughs> Button to fly from out and check out my man, Knuckles. He climbed. <laughs> that Idris Elba? Okay, yeah. <laughs> Before he started working out. That's Ben Schwartz. This backwards compatibility. And now a word from our sponsor. Sugar! What do you think about that skull knee and what the hell? You know, you know, I know the, the, the British have their own things. They, they wax nostalgic on. They think they're the best. They do? No, they're not. <laughs> they're not. What do you think about it's, this Mega Drive like cover for three? Like, Man, that's the ugliest cover I've ever seen. I do not like the Sonic 3 European cover art at all. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know. I would be ashamed growing good. up with that. Sorry, guys. I don't want to be mean. It's not good. But it's I'd like good. to get... I'd like... I'd like to do a podcast where we bring a couple British people on and we do like you and me versus them and we debate like which has the better logo, the Genesis logo or the European Mega Drive logo, which like stuff that's going to really make us argue because I want to do that. I think that would be fun. Well, they would be like, they probably agree with us and go like, oh, you're right. Never mind. No, they wouldn't. (laughs) They love it. They love it. They're like, they love the skull that makes the fart noises. They love the Mega Drive Logo really, over there. People like that thing? Let me look at it. Yeah, no, that's terrible. I'm sorry, dude. I replayed it. No way. No, sorry. I can't do it. The uh, last commercial. Oh, this is a Canadian commercial, and it's so surprising to me that they just didn't reuse the American commercials for Canada. But they're basically yeah. going to drop a bomb on, on <laughs> civilians. This is probably not good to watch right now with the Ukraine thing, but if Russia does this... I will condemn them forever. I will. I will personally go and fight Putin if he did. If he dropped Sonic Three on people, because it's too what? much content. So let's play it. Has it got huge new zones? Yeah! Twice as big as Sonic Two. Yeah! The new 3D special stage. Yeah! And the new game save feature. Yeah! Oh no! New Drop Sonic Three is now available. At a store near you. Sega! New Sonic 3 game cartridge and Sega Genesis. That's ridiculous. It's funny that they say that. Let's end this. <laughs> isn't it weird that they say, like, oh, it has. Is it double the length of Sonic 2 when it's a lie? Marketing lie. It's not twice as big. Even with both of them no. put together. And this is just a Sonic 3 commercial, not Sonic and Knuckles commercial, so. Right. Can I sue Canada? Maybe. Yeah, you can. You should. So now we got all these different commercials for Sonic the Hedgehog three and Knuckles. Uh, which one's your favorite? And do you think it was a, a, a an it is it was it a good marketing campaign? Really? Was 
I thought it was all right. I mean, it's the most expansive in terms of all the different commercials for the different territories. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think the uh, American Good and Evil one is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Um, the McDonald's you know, crossover? The, the European one. Yeah, the European one's goofy. The McDonald's crossover one's really good. So, I mean, it's it's a wide-ranging one. I think the Rock the Rock is the most rewatchable because it's, it's kind of like watching a reality show and a behind-the-scenes special at the same time, which is pretty cool. Plus, we... Uh, we know Chris Tang. You know he's a friend of the friend of the site. So, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think it's cool all in all. But. Yeah, and I, that's all the notes I have. Uh, you have anything to say about Sonic Three and Knuckles, or do you just want to get into man, the Patreon man. memories? I mean, I, I guess I just say like it's a fantastic. I mean, they're both fantastic games, and combined they make arguably one of the greatest Sonic games ever made so you know um i'm really glad that we're covering it before we even reach 100 episodes it's just kind of sad though that we're not going to go back you know we don't have any more classic sonic games now we got to go forward um but who knows i mean maybe we'll revisit sonic one because we've never done a video podcast for that one it's been audio only Mm. um i think once we pass that episode 100 threshold i think it would be fun to do like revisited episodes where we go back and talk about like new developments or things that we couldn't talk about because we didn't do the commercials, mm-hmm. you know, for for example. Oh, well, um, be- I think that'd be fun. Before we close it up, what's your preferred way of playing this, these games? Do you prefer the original mm. stack up option? Have you played the Sonic the Hedgehog three complete edition, the fan ROM that changes stuff around? Yeah. I would say Sonic 3 Complete is my new preferred method because I have the EverDrive. Oh, yeah. Um, but prior to that, I think original hardware is the way to go. I don't think the game has been emulated properly. Mm. You know, I, I just, because of the rights issues with the music, I'm very interested to see what happens with Sonic Origins. I'm guessing that they contracted people like T. Lopes to make uh, chiptune kind of tracks that sound like they're from the era so that we get sound alike music that sidesteps the Michael Jackson issue and it probably will give us an idea of what are the problematic Michael tracks and by problematic I mean like money wise like you know or contract wise not like I mean I think they'd be fine with using the music now if they could but they can't so yep I think also the marketing would have been like stepped up if like they had music award shows. Like the whole idea that Michael Jackson made the tracks, you know, I think it would have been like a bigger deal if that whole scandal never happened and uh, they were they went through right. with it. It would have been like huge. It was just so crazy how popular that, like I said, that Simpsons episode with him in it. It was it's been iconic now. So it, I think it would have taken it to the next level. And it's funny because. Sega and Michael Jackson still work together on Space Channel Five, so it's not like their relationships uh, died out during after this. But uh, right, so, yeah, absolutely. So you want to read the Patreon memories and plug in the Patreon? Yeah, absolutely. So if you support us on Patreon at any tier, you get to have your memories right at the end. And of course, if you support us at higher tiers, you get to pick the episode. Um, so we are going to be reading the memories from our Patreon pals. First up, we have Ben Hayward, who says, So cool to see this coming up. Being a Master System gamer back in the day, I remember looking on in absolute awe and jealousy 
When the Sonic & Knuckles lock-on cart started to be advertised, the idea of a cartridge plugging into another cartridge, how cool, right? It just seemed so Sonic. Oh, yeah. I also kind of like the idea that you can plug non-compatible carts in and get variations of the Blue Spheres levels. I'm looking forward to the chance to get further into the game before too long. Uh, next up we have longtime Patreon supporter Nicholas Schaefer who says, This one is not only my gateway to Sonic, but all video games. In 1994, wow. I won Sonic 3 in a McDonald's giveaway contest. Oh, what a lucky... However, yeah. And I think they came with a letter, too, if I remember correctly. Oh, hopefully um, kept it. Hopefully. I've seen scans of it. It's pretty cool. Um, uh, I won Sonic 3 in a McDonald's giveaway contest. However, my parents couldn't afford a console. So for the next four years, I read the manual and watched the cartoons, read the comics, dreaming of how cool it would be to actually play a video game. Then in late fall of 98, I saw Genesis at a yard sale for 20 bucks with five games. And of course, I immediately put in Sonic 3. Well, Sonic 2 is my favorite, this um, game will always hold a special place in my heart, especially its manual. And then finally, we have Alexa Carroll, who says, I grew up with every Sonic game on the GameCube and loved all of them as a kid except for Shadow the Hedgehog, LOL. But the one that has easily held up the best, in my opinion, is Sonic 3 and Knuckles. When I got the Sonic Mega Collection, I was confused why Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles were separate games, despite looking so similar. And it wasn't until I unlocked the combined game that everything really clicked into place for me. Both are great and fun on their own, but together... It's one of the best games I've ever played. I also love seeing how this game was connected to Sonic Adventure and its narrative, playing the two of them around the same time and seeing how interconnected they are with things like the Master System and Angel Island, um, or Master Emerald and Angel Island really enhanced my experience with both. It was fascinating playing Sonic 3 and Knuckles with the knowledge of what wiped out the Echidna as civilization while I traveled through the runes as well as what was contained in the Master Emerald. In, the same, uh, in that same way that Sonic 3 and Sonic and & Knuckles complement each other and are better games, I think Sonic Adventure and Sonic 3 and & Knuckles do the same. And that's a great point. Yeah. I really like that. That's true. That's cool. Because there's more background uh, for Knuckles in that Sonic Adventure. Absolutely. And we've done Sonic Adventure to um, uh, Sega Talk, correct? Yeah, we have. Pretty sure. Yeah. So really, you can now sit down and listen to Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, and Knuckles, Sonic Adventure, and Sonic Adventure 2. And Sonic 06. Uh, pretty wild. <laughs> and Sonic 06, yeah. It's pretty wild that we've done that much. I think Heroes. we got to do Heroes now, you know? But we won't be doing Heroes next time. Next In two weeks, we're going to be doing Anarchy Reigns, which Ooh. will be a bizarre return to the Mad World universe, I guess. And... <laughs> We'll leave you with Daniel Andres' audio message and talking to you about his memories with Sonic and Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Daniel, for supporting the podcast. And if you want to support us, check us out on patreon.com slash SegaBits. Bye. Bye. Uh, hey, George, Barry, Danny here. Um, thanks again uh, for letting me do this. And congratulations on 80 episodes of Sega Talk. If I could, I would literally hold a champagne glass right now for you guys. That is a quite a milestone. I cannot wait for your hundredth episode. I already have an idea of what it is. You guys kind of told me, and I think it's a I think it's a really neat, awesome, full circle idea that you're doing. Uh, I don't want to give it away, but it's awesome that you're doing that game. Um, and yeah, I'm just really happy that we're talking about Sonic Three today. Um, you know, congrats to eighty episodes, whatnot. But um, 
Yeah, man, Sonic 3. Sonic 3, man. Oh, my God. So, okay. So, here we go. <laughs> this game makes me smile. Just like Sonic Mania Sonic 2 do. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog 3. A Knuckles complete. So, I already mentioned it briefly a bit in my Sonic 2 memories or episode. And I'm so happy, guys, that we game for episode 50. That's a big, important game to Sega. One of the best games they've ever made. You know, definitely made them, made them, made them all the moolah, pretty much. Um, and uh, it's a very, very important game in, 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 in gaming history. This game kind of is like that, too, but it's underrated. In, 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 that, in, that, in that light, it's, like, very underrated. It's like, okay, yes, this game is important to platforming. Very important to platforming. But it doesn't get talked about enough. Much like Shimu is very important to open world, but it does not get talked about enough. So, plus, some of the games really copy what these, or have taken what these games have done. I've never seen another platformer do what Sonic 3 does. I've never seen another open world game do what Shenmue does. Sorry for comparing them, but, like, I just thought about that. Anyways, um, Sonic the Hedgehog 3. So, the first time I ever even discovered there was a Sonic 3, I think, was Sonic Mega, Mega Collection for the GameCube. I don't know. But I, I'm positive it was. And the reason why I think that is because, um, this is before I got the internet. So, this is, or maybe, I think it was 8, going to be 9. So, this is shortly after we had our, had our GameCube. We didn't have our Sega Genesis anymore. Now, on the Sega Genesis, we had Sonic 1 and 2. We had Gradia, or Granola, <laughs> what's it called? Granada. Granada. And Road Rash 2, which was awesome. But I played a lot of Sonic 1 and 2, and I loved them. So, I didn't know there was a Sonic 3, because I knew there was a Sonic Adventure 2 battle, though, because I, I played that in Sonic Advance, and then I got Sonic Mega Collection. I think this is my fifth Sonic game. So, I was I was 8 or 9, and uh, I was in grade school. Every, like, spring or fall season, maybe? I don't remember what season. I think it was sometime between winter, for sure. We got these uh, Scholastic magazines in class where we could, like, uh, look, look at catalogs and, like, order stuff for us, just just for students. I don't know exactly why we did this, but I remember very specifically, this is how I got Sonic Heroes and slash or Sonic Mega Collection. I saw the games in a Scholastic Magazine catalog, but I was like, oh my god, Sonic game on the GameCube, yeah, I want that. I was like, Mega Collection, I'm like, what is this? Like, it has all these old games. Oh, absolutely, it has Sonic 1 2 in there. And my parents got like almost right away because they knew, they loved Sonic, they knew that we loved Sonic 1 and 2. And then I saw it, Sonic the Hedgehog 3, right there in the game select screen. I was like, there's a Sonic the Hedgehog 3? And I, I booted up, and I did not play the Ann Knuckles version yet, but I still fell in love with the game immediately, like, instantly. I knew there was something bigger about this game. I could just tell. The presentation, the music, the atmosphere, the feeling, it was just there. And then when I got that, and then when I got to Hydro City Zone, uh, and I saw something rotating on those pillars, I was like, oh my god, I was like, the game's like in 3D, look, it's in 3D. And my siblings like, it's not 3D, it's just the animation. I'm like, well, yeah, that's what I mean. I'm like... It blew me away, and I, Sonic's model looked a bit more beefier, and I, and I like. Okay, he's, yes, he's chunkier, but his, you know, he had, he had more animations. There was just something about it that was just like, just a little bit more to this. I just know there is. And then I discovered Sonic Three Knuckles. Wow, 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 wow! What a big game that was, and the coolest, most iconic, fucking awesomest thing Sonic has ever done in the games. I've discovered that the the hyper forms and the mass and the super emeralds, and that was just so ridiculously cool to me. I mean, he had like infinite power and nothing could stop him. That is so cool. He's more powerful than any Super Saiyan. I'm telling you, <laughs> he or any Super Saiyan transformation, definitely. I didn't even know what the hell a Dragon Ball was back then. Okay, I did, but I didn't know what a Super Saiyan was back then. I knew who Hypersonic was, and then I saw Sonic Nazo Unleashed. 
and I my heart stopped for like a moment when I saw Hypersonic and Hyper Shadow in that cartoon and thank you Chakra X for making that because that's like the best Sonic fan series I've ever seen little did I know that was inspired by Dragon Ball's fusion and I did not know that so because of Sonic 3 and we, we had Sonic Knows Unleashed and because of Sonic Knows Unleashed fast forward a few years of my life when I was 14 I decided to, I decided to check out Dragon Ball Z and ever since then I've been a big fan of Dragon Ball so yeah yep. so thank you Sonic 3 for basically getting me into Dragon Ball. Like, if it wasn't for this game, yeah, that wouldn't have happened. Even Yuji Naka's, like, I'm a big fan of it, so... Right, like, if it wasn't for that, I would not be a big fan, too. This game does not have my favorite soundtrack. That honor belongs to Sonic 2. Sonic 2, Unleashed in Colors, I have my favorite soundtracks in the whole series. Probably 2, though, and then for Sonic 3, I love pretty much every single song in the game. But my favorite, 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 favorite stage and area and moment ever in Sonic 3... Or, or, or Sonic the Hedgehog the series is Lava Reef slash um, Hidden Palace. Uh, just that whole experience. My favorite Sonic stages of all time. I know, right? Is that kind of surprising to you? That my favorite Sonic stage of all time is a fucking lava level? Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Crazy, but I just love Lava Reef on the music, the atmosphere, the presentation, and I'm and I was crying a bit when they brought it back in Sonic Mania. I was not expecting. It. I was like, oh, my favorite levels in Sonic Mania. That's so great. I couldn't believe it. And oh my god, T Lopes's goddamn fucking awesome, beautiful guitar rift for Lava Reefs on Act 2. Oh my god, loved it. But I know, so I, I'm getting, all, I'm getting all, all over the place. I know, I know. I just can't help it. But yeah, that was just so epic. And it was right around when you saw the Super Emeralds with Knuckles. And that, that moment with Knuckles was just great. When he and Sonic finally reunite, or finally unite as like a team. Oh man, oh man, oh man, this game is so damn epic. Um, for the longest time, I've wanted 3D remakes of Sonic 1, 2, and 3, but I'm so damn happy we have the Christian Whitehead remakes, and I'm so damn happy we're gonna get Sonic Origins. That's enough for me, man. Like, that's gonna be amazing. <laughs> you know, I'm just hoping that's what they do. They put, they have Christian Whitehead just work on it, and there you go. You know, you just have his versions on it. Um, I didn't own an actual Sega Genesis cartridge of Sonic 3 Knuckles until I was, I think, 14. So going into, into 2009 to 2010, early 2010, I, my dad, uh, got me a Sega Genesis off of eBay, and we got Sonic 3 and Knuckles, finally. Sonic 1, 2, I had Aladdin, uh, Unique Football, pretty neat games, got to play those for, for the first time, and then I had Sonic 3 and Knuckles, finally. I, I only had the carts, no gamer case yet, but it was enough. And it was just such a surreal experience Getting to play it for the first time on an actual Sega Genesis with a controller. Oh. To be honest with you, I have a lot of memories using debug mode and level select at first. But that's how you start, right? You you, you you use what's easy at first, and then over time, you get better and better. And then you're like, okay, I want to do the more challenging stuff. And eventually, you're master at this game. Now, am I a master of Sonic 3 Knuckles? Oh, yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, I, I, can, I can get through all 14 special stages pretty easily. Even while being distracted by something, I can I can do it. Um, and uh, the only real true struggle with this game is the final boss in Death Egg and Doomsday. They're they're awesome, but sometimes they they can kick your ass, um, especially when you have no rings on the actual final boss with the Master Emerald. Oh man! But that was so awesome. Chasing Eggman, getting the Master Emerald back. It's like oh, you gotta get him, you gotta get him, you gotta get him, you gotta get back to the Master Emerald. It's just so much fun. And it's just such a great like experience and presentation for the final boss. I, I love it. 
This game is like, is, is, is the big finale for the Sega Genesis for Sonic. It really is. Thank you, Sonic Team, for making this game. It's beautiful. It's Takashi Zuka's first game. So it's, it means a lot to him, for sure. And I'm sure you, you like, um, if you haven't played it yet, I, and if you have a computer, uh, a Mac or a PC, I think it works on Mac, I recommend anyone out there listening to this, check out Sonic the Hedgehog 3 Complete. It's a ROM hack of Sonic 3. You can get it on Steam. You can get it on an emulator. Hell, you can even get it for the Genesis. If you want to get a physical copy of it, you, it's possible. You just have to find one at either Etsy.com or eBay. They do photo on sometimes. Or you can request someone out there to make one for you. Um, I have a physical copy of it, Sonic 3 Complete, and it's my favorite version of the game. I like it more than Sonic 3 Air, which is Angel Island Revisited. Sonic 3 Angel Island Revisited is like supposed to be the definitive PC version of the game. It's supposed to be like if Christian Wet had got to make Sonic 3, it's that game. And it is good, and but it doesn't have like... <clears throat> the special thing about Sonic 3 Complete is that it can change all the little minor problems you might have with Sonic 3. Like if you want to change anything about Sonic 3, it's there for you with Sonic 3 Complete. Like, like if you want to change some glitches around, it's there. If you want to change or keep them in, it's there. If you want to change Sonic's model, it's there. If you want to change Sonic's abilities, it is there. Sonic 3 Air doesn't really do that. You can add mods to Sonic 3 Air, so... Somewhat. Yeah, I'm, re I'm really looking forward to the Sonic Origins version of it, though. I'm hoping it's really, 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 really golden. Like, as good as Sonic 3 Complete. Maybe not as good as Sonic 3 Complete, but at least a damn... Or Sonic 3 Air, but a damn close second. If you've played Sonic Mania, but not Sonic 3 yet, and you loved Sonic Mania, you're gonna love Sonic 3, man. You're gonna love it. They're, they're designed pretty much... Oh, yeah, that's right. The only other game that really did what Sonic 3 does, pretty much, in terms of, like, scale and scope and, like, epicness, maybe, in terms of platforming, is Sonic Mania. But Sonic Mania's story is not as, like, big as Sonic 3's is. So, comparing the two... They're, two, they're both my favorite Sonic game of all time, but comparing the two of them, I think it had to go with Sonic 3 still because of the impression it left behind. It, I mean, just seeing Knuckles, like, grow as a character... And Sonic having like all that shit. Like, like I think a big part of why Sonic 3 is so special to me is because of, is because it's story. I'll never I'll, ne I'll never forget that. Like after being Sonic Mania for the first time, I'm like, I know this is not my favorite one, but it's it's up there. And uh yeah, it's not my favorite Sonic game next to Sonic 3 Knuckles. They both are. But if I had to pick one I like more, it has to be Sonic 3. I'm sorry, but I love Mania to death, man. The only thing missing from Mania was a big story that was gonna change the franchise, but no, we didn't. We couldn't get that obviously because it was like a game that came out years later. But, uh, but yeah, and no hypersonic. What the hell is up with that, right? Like, you know, you only use the emeralds once. Like, what the heck? What? 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 I, I don't know why they're not gonna. Bring, I, I I heard Takashi Zuka be like, oh, you know, because of seizures. But like, I don't think that's really the reason why. I don't know why they're not bringing back hypersonic. It's so weird to me. I think he had. A, he I think he partly created him too. So I don't. I don't. I still don't get it. But I digress. Sorry, I know I'm rambling. Please bring back Hypersonic. Sing a hashtag, bring back Hypersonic. And uh, guys, play these games. They're amazing. If you've never, ever, ever played a Sonic game before, maybe Sonic 3 shouldn't be your first. But it's not a bad first. I think Sonic 2 or 1 should be your first. Or even CD. Hell, even Mania. I think Sonic 3 Knuckles is like a perfect second, no pun intended, or third Sonic game. I really, really do. I, I think it's perfect to play this one either after Sonic 1, 2, CD, or Mania. I'm serious. Or played before Mania, obviously, but yeah. I mean, I, it, because Sonic 1, 2, CD, and Mania all have that, like, really fast design to them. You know, they're more about, like, yeah, let's go fast and speed, but Mania is more about platforming, too. But Sonic 3 is, like, the perfect blend of speed and platforming. CD is kind of like that, too, though, to be fair. So, I don't know. It's really up to you which one. 
I just think it's like a perfect second Sonic game to check out after Sonic 1, 2, Senior Mania. I don't know why. There's just something about it. Something about it. It's like soul. That makes it like, okay. Like, I get Sonic a little bit. This is pretty good. Three and Knuckles rant. Or TED Talk ramble. It's not really rant. Yeah, play this game. If you haven't. Uh, thank you, Sega, for actually re-releasing it on minor platforms. Thank goodness for that. And I'm looking forward to the other Sonic games being re-released. Preferably the 3D ones. That really needs to happen. Like, yes, I love me Classic Sonic, but those modern games really need to be re-released, or at least they need to be, they need to be tweaked and re-released. Especially Sonic Rush 22. They definitely need to be like fixed up a bit in terms of like button prompts and whatnot. And then yeah, oh man, play Sonic 3D if you haven't. Okay, guys, that's it. Thank you for listening. Um, I'll see y'all later. Toot toot, Sonic Warriors. Even though that's more so Game Pods thing, but peace out. Have a good one. Bye. Take care.